Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Drifting Prime, and I am Gerald Hernandez. Thank you for listening. Uh, tonight we have on Andrew Atala, who competes in the Just Drift, quote uh, is it Just Drift, Top Drift, or Top Drift? I, I have so many damn names. Um, <laughs> it he competes in Just Drift or Top Drift. It's a SoCal event at Will Springs. Um. Super cool dude, drives an E46 LS1 swapped BMW. Uh, he's actually kind of like my friend into drifting, my first friend into drifting, really. Um, super cool dude. Uh, you know, we get into everything from, you know, his car build to kind of like we share a bit of an opinion on how other people are running their program, um, which is you know, a respect to them rather, as opposed to it may sound like it's not. Um, they kind of have a much better successful program. We'll exclude the driving and performance. Just the way they run their program in general is just so much better. Um, obviously, performance is a uh, is is what really matters. But when you have a really good performing program, I think that really helps. So you'll hear a little about that. Um, but just two guys, he's actually a personal friend of mine. So it's pretty cool that to have him on, um, but thank you everybody for listening. I will try to be more consistent. I've just been a little bit busy. Um, and if anybody's listening to this, if you guys want to be on the show and you're a program driver, please reach out to me and be like, Hey, I'd like to tell my, my story. You know, the questions are never, um, it's not, how do I say this? It's not really um, systematic, so to speak. It's kind of like, I'll ask questions, normal questions, how'd you get into drifting? And if, you know, we kind of just let the conversation flow from there. If the conversation will go where it goes. I will try to stay on topic as far as drifting and how you run your program, but sometimes we will get off topic and that's just something that happens. But again, thank you everybody for listening and I hope you guys enjoy the show. What's up, man? What's up? How you doing? Good. How are you doing? I'm living. All right. What's going on? Not much, dude. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being on. For people who don't know who you are, if you could uh, introduce yourself, what you drive. So, my name's Andrew Atala. Uh, I drive a E46 uh, with an LS. LS With what? an LS1 in it. Uh, it makes about close to like 400 ish good ish power <laughs> um and uh yeah i've been driving that i built that car we built it back in 2016 we finished it it's been done now for about three years and uh pretty much uh it was one of to me one of the biggest accomplishments that i've that i've done in you know throughout this whole career that i've I've built for myself. Where'd you start? So, I was first introduced into drifting back in like 2008. We uh, there was an event called uh, Die Driving Academy, mm. and uh, this was basically it was a time attack slash drift event out in uh, El Toro uh, Air Force Base, which is out in Irvine. Uh, a lot of the drifters. Uh, don't really know this place because of the fact that 
the city they actually banned drifting at the uh, at the air force base because they hated it so much so we're not allowed there anymore but it was uh that's where i met a lot of big legendary people daijiro inada uh, i met that's actually where i met taka oh okay i met uh hiro sumida the first person i actually rode in a car with was with hiro what kind of car was it uh it was his uh, it was a gray cressida Oh shit! He drove a Cressida. He drove a Cressida back then. Hiro Sumida, the judge for. Uh, I, I know Tom who Cruise. it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was it was just one of those things that, um, and then actually, uh, Taka was in his blue the wagon. Wagon. I think it was a Cressida as well. Hmm. It was uh, and Taka was drifting that at the track. They, we, I actually helped. Uh, I worked that event. I helped. Uh, you know help them with the track prep so they would like set up the track then test it make sure it's all good it flows nicely and this is back in 08 so this is kind of the early days of drifting before people even called it drifting it was still kind of called like oh like hey i you know fishtailed you know and stuff like that oh shit okay yeah so it's wait how old were you because i was like 19 i think i was like 13 oh okay 14 something like that back then gotcha um but yeah, and then actually I saw the first pro car that I saw was uh, Ross Petty. I don't know if you remember, uh, he used to he used to be like the, you know, one of the. He kind of his driving is very similar to Forrest Wang. He has like a very flamboyant style, like doesn't care. I he think just, flamboyant is like a is a poor. It's not a good choice of words. Choice of words. <laughs> For um, lack of a better word, we'll use flamboyant. Here, here's the thing. <laughs> Um, the thing is with, with Ross is he was, he had a very like, you know how like they would say like Chelsea, he's like, oh, he would drive, like he's super aggressive. That's kind of how Ross was with his driving. Um, he had the Rasta colors on an S15. It was super clean. This is back, um, before they actually built full drift cars, like. You know, we didn't cut. They didn't cut out windows yet back then. Like he had remote start, he had electric windows, he so had, much. like, he had a center console. And this is back when SRs before the LS craze came into play. That's when SRs were the shit. This is back. When, like I remember when I, uh, <clears throat> so when I first started drifting. Uh, I obviously when I uh, after I saw my first drift event, I'm like, I want to do this. It was the craziest thing ever. I thought the car caught on fire or something. <laughs> and then you see a crap ton of smoke just come out uh, from the back tires. And they're like, oh, my God, what is this? So uh, went back home, talked to my parents. I'm like, hey, can I, get a, uh, can I get a car to start drifting? They're like, hell no. Are you crazy? <laughs> uh, a couple years later, um, saved up enough money, and I bought my own uh, 240. And uh, kind of started from there small budget never really had uh never really had too much money and uh, i would actually go to tire shops uh-huh and and just hey can i go to the back kind of see if i can get any used tires uh, off your out of your trash pile mm-hmm. and i'll just take those i got a harbor freight manual tire changer fuck that <laughs> hey man on 15 inch tires it worked great so i did that after you worked your ass off oh yeah dude so I did that for a couple years, 
and uh, until finally I saved up enough money, did an SR swap. When I was doing the SR swap, they're like, "Hey, this is the last motor you're ever need. You're ever gonna need. <laughs> like this, is, <laughs> this setup is gonna get you into pro. Like back then, they didn't have pro two, so this setup's gonna get you into pro one." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "Sweet!" So I did the SR swap, and then you know, LS has happened. So uh, a couple years later, after drifting in 240 for a couple years, it caught on fire at Willow. And, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was a very, uh, that was a very scary moment back then. I was actually on Horse Thief Mile. Uh-huh. We were coming down the track. And you're, you're pretty well known for Horse Thief Mile. Yeah. <laughs> but no one's ever seen the video. If you go to Beam Team Brian's page. Oh, uh, yeah. Ace over here decided to drive down the hill after he went off the dirt. Uh, it's, it's a really great video. It's from, like, uh, 2017, right? Yeah, 2017 is when you did. Yeah. When I started uh, hanging out with you. Yeah, that I, I don't think I can live that one down. No, never. Even Taka. Brought it up. Last weekend we were we were in uh, LS Fest. Did you bring it up? He goes to the to um this Canadian driver, mm-hmm. and he's like, Andrew over here. He goes off roading. Even the off road truck got stuck pulling him out. And Wasn't that Charlie's uh, surf pro truck? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and and Charlie's truck got stuck, pulling my car out of the dirt. So. That's funny. Oh, and uh, where do you what series do you compete in? For people who don't know. Uh, I compete in uh, Top Drift. They're okay. out in. Uh, it's a SoCal uh, licensing program, Pro Am series. Um, they do four rounds, uh, out in. Uh, at Willow Springs. This year is three rounds? Oh, but yeah. they're doing like a double... So round three is going to be a double points round. Mm-hmm. Um, they're still picking... Uh, from from what I Taka said is that um, I think they're going to do the, the speedway for the third round. Which so, is what they typically do for their last round. Anyways. That's what they do for the last round, yeah. Which one did they skip? They're skipping um, I Walt think The Oval, yeah. Okay, I remember that. Yeah, so... I don't know for sure, but that's what I... That's what I heard so far. Yeah, I'm sure you'll catch on as they go. Yeah. Um, What was your first Pro-Am season? What was your first Pro-Am competition like? So my first Pro-Am competition was in 2000... uh, um, 2016. Or, no, 2017. That was my first Pro-Am season. Uh... And I actually, so what happened is I stopped driving, uh, 2014 mm-hmm. when my 240 caught on fire and that's when I built the E46. But what happened was I disappeared essentially from 2014 to 2017 while building that car. Mm-hmm. And so when I got in, I was like, okay, I'm ready to compete. I thought it was the same way that I left it everything had completely changed like everyone's builds yeah the builds they're pro cars uh, you know the builds that that they have now in pro-am are legit pro cars um pretty much every single person that got their pro license from socal didn't even build a new car <laughs> they literally took their pro car or their pro-am cars added a couple hundred horsepower and now they're pro two cars mm. essentially disagree I mean because everyone built a new goddamn car I mean yeah but I mean like look like Rome except for Rome Rome 
he put a new motor in. Yeah, but he's been building that car for. He, I mean, he's been developing that car for years. Yeah. Um, Sean Doom. They're still running the KA. I know that's not. Yeah. So. You know, there's a lot of people that. You know, the cars are so built, so well built right now that you don't even need to build a new chassis. You can just up the power a little bit, maybe a new motor, and you're ready to go for Pro 2. That's some laughing gas and call it a day. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much everyone's on the bottle now. So. Whatever that was. <laughs> um, yeah. But where do, uh, so with 2017 being your first prom, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, so for people who don't know, our little backstory is I bought motor mounts off of you for my E46 chassis. Yeah. And then, uh, I actually, I met you, I went to go buy a headlight off of your car. Mm-mm. That's the first time I met you was I, I went, I um, hit, I think, oh, yeah, it might have been. Yeah. You had a headlight that you posted up for sale. Oh, the HID light? The HID light. I remember that. Yep. You posted up for sale. I came over and picked it up and then. And you're like, hey, I'm building the LIC 46. I'm like, oh, yeah, I have one, too. <laughs> At the time, no one had one. No, it was super... And there was, like, no information. Mm-mm. The hardest part about that is we had to really work on developing a lot of the stuff ourselves. We couldn't really talk to a lot of the shops. People, the shops that built these kind of projects at the time... That's their money. That's how yeah, they they're money, not gonna, so yeah, they're not going to tell you. They're that. not going to tell you. Like, I, I was talking to Essa... I'm like, hey, how hard is this? He's like, very hard. <laughs> That's a, like short, straight answer. He's like, he's like, very hard. Pay me, I'll do it. Yeah. yeah you know what I mean? So, so I mean, I, I get it. This is their business. This is their livelihood. So they, mm-hmm. they, they're not going to give you information for free. And no one really built LSE46s. The only person at the time that built an LSE46 was Rad Dan for Alex Hilburn. Oh, that's right. I forgot he built it. I started, I started my project as right when uh dan had just finished alex's car oh okay so it was dan actually told me hey come down the shop you can take a look at the car and he actually walked me through the whole car which was really cool of him and he told me hey this is the dual caliper kit this is where you buy it from you know he told and he gave me some like so much inside information that really got me going and really helped me to start i think i think there's more there's more build um information out there now oh yeah there's a lot of people you can even just message on instagram yeah like people message me constantly all the time like hey how did you do this how did you do that what do you i don't mind when people do like specifics Mm -hmm. but don't don't fucking dm me and be like what do i need for an ls swap (laughs) oh you get a lot of those general questions all the time you know i'm like i'm kind of an asshole one of the you know one of the most tedious questions that i hate that when people ask is hey how much did this cost I get that so much at every event. They DM me on. Oh my god, dude! They see the cars like, hey, how much is this? How much did it cost you to build this car? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> and and my universal answer that I will always stick to is I don't. I stopped counting, which that's it's true. true. <laughs> which is true, because here's the thing: these cars are supposed to be fun. Yeah. As soon as I see the number of how much I spent, and it's not going to be fun anymore. I'm going to be pissed. And that's like. At least you drive it a little harder now. Yeah. I remember when you first finished it, you were like afraid to go anywhere near a wall. Oh, yeah. I mean, just imagine you spending two years of your life building a car. And what? That you've spent every I, dollar I would, I would say on. yours is a little bit of a higher 
higher end build because mm-hmm. you know you you do have like an attention to detail, so you're you're also cheap at the same time. So it's kind of <laughs> hard to yeah uh, knowing how much money you spent, and yeah. then you don't really want to know how much money you spent. Oh no, you don't. I mean, I have all the receipts. I have a huge file of receipts of everything I got. I just take the the receipt, put it in the file. So if I do ever sell it, or if I ever have to find out how much I've spent on it, I will be able to find out. But I'm yeah. kind of, I'm not. One guy asked me. You're not me, counting tires and like oil changes. No, no, no. Shit, I'm right? just counting okay. like I'm just counting like basic stuff like A and lines. It's just you to know, actually the, build the car. Yeah, exactly. Nothing like okay. Yeah, and and honestly, all the the small stuff, the stuff that I haven't put in there is like, you know, when I go get some oil or water wetter, or small stuff like silicone or whatever. I don't. For a, a total cost of build, that's understandable. Yeah, um, I don't. Like, I don't put that stuff in. I put the big stuff. Like I got, I just bought wheels, or I just bought brakes or brackets or mm-hmm. anything that's to me anything that's over like fifty bucks. That's what I put in the. Uh, that's what I put in the file. Okay. Yeah. No, that's that's fair because everyone's trying to do. One guy stuff. asked me. Um, one guy asked me on Instagram back when I was uh, halfway through the build. He's like, hey, how much did you spend? I'm like, I don't know. I, I, so I got curious. I added up. It was twelve grand. I had a a car that was basically a bare shell with absolutely nothing completed, and twelve thousand dollars have already been spent. And I'm like, where the hell did this money go? Mm-hmm. I'm like, but at the time, you bought you bought the E46 when they were still expensive. I bought the E46 when it was still expensive. But here's the thing. I got a really good deal on it because it had a blown, uh, it had a blown motor, it had a blown M54. Mm-hmm. So, and so what happened was that blown motor, or it was suspected to be blown by the, uh, by the guy I bought it to, uh, and so I was able to get a good deal on it. I parted out the car. Back then, the E46s weren't as ju- were not junkyards like they are now. They're still not there, and it's, it's always a fucking sedan. It's always a sedan. But and by the way, real quick, if anybody has any thinking like I want to build a E46, I recommend building a sedan. After having a coupe, I'm building the Cadillac now, which is a sedan. Don't get me wrong; it's like twice the size. But just like the convenience of being able to open your back door and doing anything you fucking want to in the back, anything you need to, if you need. To, uh, I was trying to come up with just a funny... Just copy Chelsea DeNofo. I was trying to come up with a funny example, but nothing's mm-hmm. coming out. Um, but, like, anything you need to do in the back, like, mm-hmm. it's so much simpler to just open the damn back door and get it done. Like, AJ Muss's car? Mm-hmm. I think it looks so good. That's true. I like the I like the coupe chassis. So did I. On E46. No, so did I. I love the gonna... coupe chassis. But, I, but the sedans look just can look just as good, if not better. Yeah. You know. I mean, you you can just hit up Chelsea... And just get the carbon Kevlar uh, rear fiberglass <laughs> fenders, and just. I think uh, Justin Chestnut, I, he yeah, has them. Justin has them. I uh, met him last year at LS Fest. Oh, did you? Yeah, that's cool, dude. I had him on. Dude, he is. He is one of the coolest I, guys. You know, the here's the best. This is what makes it worthwhile, is when I first met Justin when I pulled up at LS Fest last year. I opened the hood. He's like, "Why does this hood look? Why does this engine bay look so familiar? I have a picture of this on my." Uh, saved on my computer Uh and that and and to anybody that's built a car to have people 
that meet you randomly, like people you've never met before from different states, they come up to you and say, hey, I have pictures of this car saved so I can copy some of the ideas from it. That is one of the best feelings ever. It's, it's uh, what is this? Uh, imitation is the best form of flattery. Dude, you want to see imitation? Some guy hit me up from England on Instagram and he's like, hey, I saw your smoking tire video with Matt Farah. I love the graphics. Can I copy them? I was like, I actually thought that was a good look. And then you went and had it wrapped gray. And I was like, oh, this looks like trash. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'll, when I post the <laughs> picture for the episode, I'm going to post the old setup. You should post all three setups. No, just, I'm just, just going to have this. <laughs> oh, you know, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, yeah because it's, it's the first one was, so originally the car started out as a 330 CI. Yeah, but the first one looked like a, it was a nice. It was it a like clean a car. Really good livery. Uh-huh. You know, and, and like I'm a big person on a stock looking mm-hmm. so you didn't have like a wide i don't like wide bodies you know that well i got sponsored with the white body so that's why i got it on Can there you, get unsponsored with- <laughs> no, just- you know i actually do love how it looks you know, it doesn't look bad I, you know, I, it looks it's grown on me it looks you know it's it's one thing i like about it is the dtm kit is the uh it's different not too many people have it it's not like the rocket bunny kit where everybody and their mom well, bought it the- alex Hillbrook yeah. and fucking uh, Michael Essa had it mm-hmm. for a couple of years. Well, the DTM. I think, the I think he rocked yeah. it for the first year. Alex Hillbrook. Essa, it was. two years, and then Essa had it for like a couple of years, mm-hmm. too. No, actually, Alex ran the, the the GTR kit. I think it was the... You or have the, the GTR kit. No, I have the GTRS kit. What's the difference? It's One is flares. The other one's like a full wide body. One's like the GT... The M3. I don't know. I don't know the names of it, but wow! Sponsor. <laughs> I'm <Yeah>. sorry. <laughs> what? <laughs> go on the go online. Go on the catalog. You can kind of see all the uh, the descriptions. But um, it was Essa's. It was the the year Essa one uh-huh. FD. Yeah. That wide body. That was the the one that Alex had on his car originally. That that's how long that kit's been out. He won 2012, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, here's the thing. You have to remember that. The type of people that own D46s has changed over the years. <laughs> no shit, man. You know? it's, it's, uh, you guys... They were a premium, they were a very premium chassis, but now it's kind of, they got a little bit cheaper. Mm-hmm. So they're a lot more attainable. Um, so I have these. Now yeah. I've noticed it's like a lot of like, uh, like suburban kids kind of own these or yeah. like people who did grow up in the hood who got a job uh-huh. now own the Cadillac. <laughs> and yeah. they're just, I think there was only like six or I, I think it was eight thousand total, like of this this body style. Wow! And there's probably like four left. Damn. And I've instant classic right there. And I've crushed. You've one, crushed one. Two of them. Two of them. And then I have these two now, and these yeah. are both with so the you, these so both you have, have the a last, V. You have the last two V's known to man. No, no, no. Sitting in your. <laughs> no, I'm at like four thousand left. Yeah. No, there's a whole bunch. But I'm pretty sure it's not as many as it's not eight. It's not, I, I think my count's wrong too. Um, but there's not very many left. But at least I can get like the base model. Same shit. Yeah. It's just the uh, um, side skirts, rear bumper, front bumper is the only thing like aesthetically different. That's good. So at least if you crash, mm-hmm. like you did last year, <laughs> you can go to the junkyard and cut off the back half, and it should be the same. Hopefully a black one too. This way I don't have to paint it. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, no, it's 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 definitely the car came such long way, even from when it started, uh, even from when I finished in 2016. Um, it's definitely come such a long way. Um, the chassis itself hasn't really changed much. I haven't really done much to it suspension wise, and uh, no, I know you still on the interior wise. But so if actually let's let's get into that a little bit. Mm-hmm. So what is you you know we touched base that you do have an LS1. What mm-hmm. trans are you running? Uh, it has a T56. Where it has a uh, so I can actually run you guys through pretty yeah. much the oh. most of the technical parts. So it's a 01 330 CI. Mm-hmm. And uh, originally, I did the M3 fenders as a way to get to fit the wider wheels because I had ordered the SLR kit mm-hmm. from Sean and it was poking about an inch and a half out of the fender. I'm like, fuck. So, so I put, I found, uh, I actually picked up M3 front fenders from this kid who did a wide body on his M3. He sold them to me for 20 bucks each fender. I'm like, let's do it so i got that but then when i put the front wheels on or the front fenders on and with it just the front looked all muscular and beefy but then the back looked all scrawny because it wasn't wide enough so i just put them so i got m3 fenders in the rear put those on kind of completed the look and uh yeah that's kind of how the chassis was done has a eight point roll cage intrusion bars um, NASCAR style door bars cut out the doors uh, fuel cell in the back has an aeromotive six count fuel cell and uh, made a rear firewall and pretty much we painted the George a guy at G works he actually painted it for me we painted it inside a shop and then uh, bright seats uh, one of my longtime sponsors uh, they hooked me up with the their their XL size seat, you know, because I definitely need to XL. And then uh, race pack, uh, race pack gauges, mm-hmm. uh, which really helps. So that way I have pretty much everything right in front of me. So that that really helps out. Um, what else does the car have? The wiring was done by SWR Motorsports. They're out in Fullerton. Uh, the fuel suspension. I already mentioned I have the SLR angle kit. That's the ultra angle kit. I have uh, OS Gaikin twin disc. Uh, I think it's a TR2 CD clutch. It's a super lightweight clutch. Did you just talk about your drive, your final drive? Mm-mm. Okay, go ahead. No, no, that's a clutch. Oh, that's right. I, I was there. That's yeah. the first you time actually I helped, helped you, me, huh? Yep. Yep. You helped me put that clutch in when I got it. Small backstory. This is what mm-hmm. I did to get into prom to help somebody. <laughs> I was like, "Do you need help?" Yep. And, and it turns like, out you were helping me just so that you can kind of get a shoe in. <laughs> yeah, that's nothing. I helped me help you. I don't yeah. the prom. <laughs> hey, I wasn't complaining. I got free help. Yeah. But, but yeah, the what happened was when we put that clutch in. Mm-hmm. The motor was able to accelerate so much faster because it was so much lighter. Dude, I have like such a huge ass clutch. Mm-hmm. I have so like that that rotating mass right there. Like, have you seen the clutch? Yeah, it's fucking huge. So yeah. I, I basically have like a LS7 style clutch, which mm-hmm. is a stock clutch. And it's not light. <laughs> yeah, dude, this thing is super light, and so we actually had to tune for it because the car wouldn't catch idle. That's right. I remember, remember that we had to like, and then you oh. have you have drive by cable, so you're able to like play mm-hmm. with it a little bit. Yeah. 
But now if, if yeah. I did that on mine, I'm screwed. Yeah, so I had to go to the tuner and they had to kind of adjust it a little bit mm -hmm. uh, just so that way it catches. But other since then, the car actually accelerates so much faster than it used to. Mm -hmm. Just because of the fact that it's so much lighter that it just it's able to just boom, just jump back up into RP in the range. Um, I have an ISKI cam in it, which a lot of people keep asking me like, "Hey, what are your cam specs?" And I lost the paper. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you. I told called. Me what they were. I called uh, ISKI. I'm like, "Hey, do you guys have the cam specs?" He's like, "I don't know." <laughs> so I, I didn't save it. I don't know. I thought you did. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> well, I guess we're not going to find out what happened or what it is uh, unless I pull the cam out and they spec it. <clears throat> I could take it back to them and they can spec the cam and they can tell me what it was. It uh, sounds really good. It's super, oh, yeah. It's the loaf it has on it. It's It, it it's, sounds fucking sweet. Man. Well, what I did. And then you were on the Hoonigans recently. Like, even they noted, like, that thing yeah. sounds fucking yeah, I've I've got it from a lot of people. They're like, your car doesn't sound normal like everyone else's. It sounds... <laughs> little do they know it's a little stock out of the one with a cam in it. <laughs> I know, right? It only makes four hundred horsepower, so it's like, all right, whatever. But uh, but yeah, no, I I literally I went to to rod over at uh, Iski and I told him, look, man, this is the RPM range we want. It's not a street car. I don't really care about drivability. I just want the maximum amount of power. But then I told him I want it to be a lumpy idle. He's like, well, you know, you're going to lose a little bit of top end if I do that. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> I, yeah. don't, I want it to yeah. have a nice Wait. lumpy iron. I don't so. have that on my car. <laughs> well, not anymore. But yeah, um, what else? So. You just said an upgrade on the rear end, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You went from the stock M3 rear end? Mm hmm. So basically, the rear end. I put a M3, a complete M3 rear subframe setup, like a whole complete rear end setup from an M3. Mm -hmm. And the reason you do that, it has better geometry. It has... The same geometry. I think it has slightly different geometry on the... Uh, the trailing arms? On the trailing arms. I, I, I don't know. Oh, I know they're beefier from my understanding. But they are beefier. The One of the biggest things is that the bearings on the hubs are way bigger. Oh, are they? The axles are thicker. Okay. So it can handle way more power. And then on top of that, you get um, an LSD, a stock LSD from the M3. So it's, and it's it's a 210 millimeter diff. So it's it's bulletproof, you know, knock on wood. Uh, I've been driving now for three years and not a single axle. And then you have people when people go out on an event, they'll break two axles in one event. Yeah. You know, the BMWs are pretty strong because I had the mm -hmm. 325 axles and yeah. I didn't break that axle until I crashed. Yeah, not going to so, Well, I, I didn't. It broke. The, the one that <laughs> caused the accident. <laughs> yeah. Here's my issue. Um, But the BMW tends to have like an overbuild policy. Mm -hmm. so Which I, think, I like. Yeah, I can, I can see why. It gives us room to grow. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, Chelsea, because, you know, one a big a couple of big helps. I mean, when I was first building the car. Mm-hmm. Because there's not really much information online, you know, drifting at the time. At the time, drifter, there wasn't really too many drifters that had E46s. The only main guys were Chelsea Denofa, Mike Essa. Mm -hmm. Those are like the only two drifters at the time that actually had data on how these cars behave at high, you know, like while drifting or high power. And I guess you can say Christoph Blush as well, but he didn't come no, until but, 2015, and no one really talked yeah. to him. So, and and at the time, actually, when I was talking, I tried to talk to Kristaps, but I couldn't get anything from him. 
they're, they're it, it kind of goes back to the whole idea of everybody keeps this stuff under wraps you know this nobody really talks about this kind of stuff it's like if you want to pay me exactly it's like you want to pay me i'll tell you whatever you want <laughs> but other than that it's you know but it's privileged information mm-hmm. so but no chelsea was like look man you don't need to go do this whole upgrade axle stuff or whatever up until you make like a thousand horsepower he's like i ran 800 horsepower on stock m3 axles and i didn't start breaking them until i was on a 295 tire i remember him mentioning something like that so it's it's definitely like they're beefy like bmw stuff is really well built uh and they're starting to get a lot more attainable too so but yeah uh but recently i actually changed my uh, m3 diff because the m3 diff had a 25 percent lockup I put an OS Gaiken uh, twin disc. Mm-hmm. Or not, no, not twin disc. The, uh, the LSD. I put the, uh, the, the OS Gaiken LSD unit in it. Uh-huh. And that thing, oh my God, with a 410 ring and pinion, it feels amazing. Like before. Accelerates faster, huh? Accelerates. Even uh, Nate Hamilton, uh, we were doing uh, on the top 16. Mm-hmm. He's like, I gave you a second just because I thought you were going to be slow. But then I realized I shouldn't have given you that second. <laughs> so, no, it picks up super quick now. Uh, I f- with the LSD, I can feel I feel like I can put the car where I want it to. Really? Yeah, it just, it's night and day difference. Like, the lockup is insane. The car is so predictable. I feel confident when I drive now, which I actually haven't felt that in the past couple years yeah i don't know if that it kind of started going down i don't know if the lsd was kind of starting to fail (laughs) the stock one was starting to fail from all the abuse or if it was it's just but yeah no like it's it's definitely you it's definitely a must if you want to be competitive you have to get good quality suspension components uh, in your car yeah i think it's it's uh probably one of the most important things it is, but you know the thing is, people. Uh, but that's oh, how it builds snowball happens. <laughs> it's like, well, I need well, tow rods. Well, I'll tell you what. If I get tow rods, I need control arms. If I need control arms, my car was originally yeah. supposed to be a five thousand dollar build. I Remember, to... mine was too. Yeah. Remember, we talked about <laughs> Damn. it. was supposed to be a. You're a... like, you can do it, but you're not. And I yeah. was like, okay. Yeah, I was like, look, I was like, look, I have the car, I have the motor, I have five grand, I can get it done. You could have. Like, probably, like, 20, 30 grand later, this is where I'm at right now. It's like, yeah, no. So, it definitely escalates pretty quick without you even realizing it. Yeah. And what are your goals for this? What do you what do you plan on doing? What are you trying to do? So, to be honest, I, I kind of am taking it as I go. It's, it's one of those things that I didn't think I was going to be where I am when i you know when i first built the car and then i didn't think um this is where i'm gonna be when i first you know the first time i got a sponsor and it's just kind of i feel like super blessed with everything that's happened uh over the last several years you know i got big companies that came on board uh reputable companies companies that when we were kids putting you know putting these cars together on like need for speed like, I don't know if you, you would modify. Like, I'd play, like, Need for Speed Most Wanted with mm-hmm. the M3 GTR on there. 
and or whatever and like we would modify these cars or or underground need for speed underground like we would modify these cars and you'd like put like all the sparko stuff or you'd put you know all these big companies and now i'm working with these companies these comp i'm representing you know big companies like brid os Geiken, 3m uh advanced fuel dynamics uh iski racing cams remus exhaust and it's it's i'm working with people that i never thought in a million years would even want to work with somebody like me yeah and it's it's definitely surreal it's it's one of those it's like a big moment it feels you don't realize how much you've accomplished until uh until you get you look at it it's kind of like when an fd driver hits you up and be like hey how the hell did you get 3M? I've been trying to I've been trying to get them for the last couple years. And then when I talked to the lady at 3M at SEMA, she's like, "You had something different. You showed me something different. When I talked to you, I I saw something in you that I didn't see in a lot of other people." What the fuck did she see in you? I have no idea. That's yeah. what I ask myself all the time. <laughs> but you know, no, it's it's one of those things that uh it's it's definitely a blessing like i feel i couldn't have gotten to where i am today with the, without the companies that i'm working with and you know they deserve so much and you know i try to do whatever i can to to help get their names out there and uh you know it, and it is what it is it's it's one of the you know we need sponsors now to be able to build badass cars it's uh you know, dog box, seven grand. Yeah. Quick change. They're not cheap. Quick change is what twenty five hundred bucks. That's just for the fucking quick change. Just That's for not the quick change. Yeah. Wait, I think it does include. No, it includes the case, but you still need axles. You need a subframe. You need a drive shaft. And if you can't do the work yourself, you need someone to get it in there exactly. for you. Exactly. So, every race cars are expensive. They're not cheap. Not but you know, shit. and and unfortunately, we picked a very expensive hobby. <laughs> So you got to find a way to make ends meet. And without these companies, it's not possible. Definitely. It's not. Actually, I just got news Tuesday mm -hmm. that finally my uh, one of my radiator lines, mm -hmm. the, my Dash 16 line that oh. goes in the rear. They're finally he's coming like, in? They came in. <laughs> he's like, I'll ship it out tomorrow. I was like, sweet. Oh, yeah. So yeah, hopefully definitely. it comes in by tomorrow or Saturday. So I can kind of knock that out. Um, you know, I'm still shocked that you built this car in the amount of time that you did. I I didn't think it was possible. I think so either. Um, I had a lot of stuff going on, and yeah. I mean, it, it, I, it, it took me two years for my car to be. It built. was mostly a rebuild, though. Yeah. So but, I didn't like. I, I did a. I did but still, I mean, work, look. But, but it took me two years to build my car. You also it, don't. It have took a you job. a couple. Like this you're is a true. student. You're a full-time student. You know. That is true. So for those of you that think I'm baller just because I have a nice no. car. <laughs> no, never the case. No. No, but it's like, you know, I have a full-time job. And then actually drifting made me work harder at work and kind of like... Uh, <laughs> motivate motivate you to make more money? Yeah, exactly. So um, kind of thankful for it. Uh, but that's what kind of helps too. So I basically build my car paycheck mm -hmm. to paycheck. Like, you know what I mean? I don't have a savings account. I don't, I don't think anybody in drifting has a savings account. I don't own this house. 
this house and my girlfriend pays half the rent, so yeah. it's great. Um, the but, things we do for love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when we're talking about cars. I know. Right? <laughs> yeah, and it's it's uh it's different. So what I picked up the car the weekend after Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean a couple months. I was barely getting my uh, I was barely barely getting the roll cage done after that kind of time frame. Really? So, yeah. It was. I built. I got the car. Um, twenty fourteen. I think it was July twenty fourteen something like that. And then, you know, took it. Got the cage done. Mm-hmm. Got uh, just stripped it out. Pull the sound deadening out. I I mean I went way. By the way, Andrew told me to pull my sound deadening out in the BMW, <clears throat> which is everywhere with the fucking heat gun. Yeah. I was so pissed off at you. <laughs> I was like, fuck this asshole. The problem is, so get this, on 240s, right? They mm-hmm. say use the dry ice. Uh-huh. And because the sound deadening on the 240s has hardened already, as soon as you freeze it, it breaks off in like sheets. On the BMW, because they're newer cars, I mean, you're talking a 20-year-old car versus, or almost 30-year-old, what is it, 20? Yeah, 20-year-old car. No, almost 30. 30-year-old two My 240's fucking 30 years old. Yeah. Can't believe it. Versus a car that's, 15, 16, 18 years old, whatever it is. Uh, so the sound deadening material that they have on the BMWs is a lot softer still. So when I did the dry ice method, it was harder to clean than if I did it with the heat gun. It didn't matter. You didn't have to clean it either way. Either I basically way. did that. I did it with the heat gun. It took forever. And then I almost died like nine times trying to clean all the fucking adhesive off. <laughs> because you got to throw like some like thick ass chemical on there. Yep. To get it off, and you go through like a package of rags. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that little what the chemicals like what I think it was like for a gallon of it was like fifteen bucks. Oh wow! Package of rags is like what five six bucks. Like little shit like and that. A crap that you, ton of labor. Little shit like that is so adds up so much. At the I end. use gas. I use steel wool and gas. Uh, I didn't use steel wool. Yeah. No, 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 I did. I'm wrong. Oh, I'm like, no, I I use Brillo pads. And then I had to use another rag to get the rest of that yep. shit off. And, and I found out that you can't wipe it down. So mm-hmm. I have to dip the rag in gas just to wipe it off. Mm-hmm. So what was like $3 in gas for a gallon? <laughs> mm-hmm. I, didn't, I forgot what I used. But then you get your fingers to smell like gas all day. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, it's, it's, you know, the thing is, one thing I do love about building this car and being in this community is I've met some of my closest friends just from building this car, uh, meeting so many people, you know, being able to influence such a huge, you know, such a huge audience is, you know, it's, it's one of those things that you don't think when, when, when I got in this, I didn't think that this is how, you know, this is how it was going to turn out. And this is not what I wanted either. You know, I'm I'm a very private person. You know, I don't really like to share too much of my personal information out. And, but you know, it's just, it's, it, this is just how it turned out. Yeah. So. But, 
Um, Prime, what are you, uh, what are you doing this year? So, I know you're saying that you might sit out round one of Just Drift because you graduate like the night before. Yeah. But the competition's not till Sunday. What if you show up midday Saturday? I don't know if I'll be hungover or not. <laughs> but. You get drunk the next weekend. Oh, wait, I can't. I'm going to New York. Then you get extra drunk. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to try to see if I can make it. You know, money is uh, is always an issue, so we'll kind of see how that goes. But in terms of Pro-Am this year, um, my goal is just to try to get more comfortable in a competition setting. That's one of the biggest problems that I have is, like, I'll start doing good in practice, but then qualifying comes around. and Do you, like, freeze out during qualifying? Sometimes. Really? Mm-hmm. It, uh, it didn't phase me. You well, know? I didn't think it was. Maybe it just does. It's just, it's pressure, it's... What about, like, when you pull to the line and you're ready to go? Are you thinking about it, or are you just like, I gotta go to the turn now? Um, during qualifying or during Yeah, practice? no, like, so, like, like me, I'll get a little nervous when it's, mm -hmm. like, when I'm getting, like, maybe a car or two before I do my burnout. Yeah. Or before I warm up my tires, rather. Um, I'll get a little nervous, and then as soon as I'm waiting for the next, like, I'm waiting my turn to do my burnout, I'm like, okay, here the fuck up. Like, cause, you know, <laughs> some guys will take forever. I know, right? They, they'll I'm like, you're just, I'm like, you're just melting your tires at this point. I know, Stop. right? It's, uh, it's, yeah. Well, anyways, uh, so as soon as I'm waiting for that person, it goes away. But if I was behind that person still in line, I would still be kind of be like, fuck. Um, and then when I go to the line, I don't even think about it. I get nervous. I'm just like, I hope I do all right. I get, you know, I get the <laughs> adrenaline pumping, like. You know, it's just like my heart starts beating fast. Like, yeah. It's it's just something, obviously, the more you do it, the less it happens. Like, you just get used to it. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, no, it's, you know, one of the things, when I got the cool shirt, it just calmed me down. Really? Oh, yeah. I don't know you why. Know, you know, because uh, I think being in a, a super hot car, it can, you kind of get in your own head because you mm -hmm. have so much going on. Yeah. Um, a cool, I think that's a very important thing to have. Yeah. You like know, when I had the cooler on. Keeping your core temperature down. I was, the, I didn't, I wasn't sweating. I, I felt very comfortable, very relaxed. Yeah. I wasn't like, there was, I wasn't like, it just wakes you up. I felt refreshed and I feel that really takes a huge toll in how in your performance and driving is how comfortable you feel in the car. Yeah. So I think that's, uh, I, we know what I was, I remember, uh, Amanda Sorrenton had it in her car. I didn't, mm -hmm. I only saw Brandon drive like once or twice, mm -hmm. but I remember she had a, uh, she had the fresh air helmet. Mm -hmm. I think that's something I'm going to focus on next on my, when I buy another helmet, you I'm going to, I'm going to make sure I get the one with the fresh air. Cause, uh, yeah. It's this worth way, it. You're halfway there. Because it's not a whole bunch of extra money. I think it's... I don't even think it's like a lot of... I don't think the price is a huge difference. No, I mean, uh, for example, Simpson, Which they actually... Which is the helmet I want to go with, actually. They actually offer the service to add a blower... Oh, really? ...to your existing helmet. So whichever helmet they want. Yeah, so if you have like a... For example, let's say you have a Bandit helmet, right? You can go back to Simpson... And I think it's like 150 bucks or something like that. Yeah. And they add a, uh, a, the fitting, the, the tube, to the helmet. Like, they cut a hole in it. They rivet on this little 
duct, uh-huh. and it's good to go. And they could put it either on the top or on the side or yeah, I whatever think, you want. No, I was just going to buy a new helmet because I want a spare helmet anyway. Yeah. Um, well, I tried, and they said we don't make it for your helmet anymore, so I have to wait until I buy a new helmet. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'd rather just get, like, a, a 2015 helmet. Yeah. Just you know, one thing, one thing I will say... And this may or may not be because I'm a little overweight. <laughs> but don't eat right before qualifying. I ripped the zipper. <laughs> <laughs> I took a deep breath and I ripped the zipper on the race suit <laughs> right before qualifying. And I'm like, oh, crap. What am I supposed to do now? I just covered it with the harness. Hopefully that they wouldn't notice. <laughs> I tell people die, man. Oh, Jesus Christ. You should have so. borrowed Nate Hamilton's. <laughs> <laughs> well, will it fit in like one leg and one arm? I think uh, your leg will fit in his torso section. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's... Uh, you experience a lot of really crazy things whenever you go out to different competitions and stuff. Car behaves differently. Um, the heat really takes a big toll on you and your crew when they're out there. Because... You know, when when you think that, yeah, we're in Pro-Am, but everybody acts like this is a legit competition. Even though it is a legit competition, everybody has the same goal. We all want to go to Pro 2. You know, that's our end goal. We're putting all this money. Not everyone, but... You not know. everybody, but most people that are actually competing, they want to get their Pro license. So nobody takes this lightly. So when we're going out there... Yeah, but some people don't take things as serious either. This is true. But at the same time, you know, yeah, they will help you out a little bit. Some teams will help you out and stuff. But it's still competition, and they treat it as such. Um, you know, back back in 2014, before, I, uh, before the 240 fire, it was more friendly. Like, it was like, hey... I'm going to leave my car. I'm going to go here and work on your car. I'll take parts off my car just so you can finish. Yeah, but people are still doing that. I don't... Yeah, that's true. I mean, like, I had Micah give me some spark plug wires when my car broke down. Yeah, see? You know, Rob so... Rob Carlson helped out. Yeah. Remember, and he wasn't even competing. No, yeah. But he had just gotten into Pro 2 that year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. No, I, I mean, yeah, a lot of drivers help out each other. I remember Rome and uh, Daryl and Nick uh, Priono. Uh, they actually helped me figure out an issue on my car when it was cutting out. Yeah, I like the way Nick mm-hmm. and uh, Daryl have their program. Oh, yeah. They have it set I up. I really respect that. I, I think they do you know, very serious. They, they, mm-hmm. they data log yeah. everything. I think the secret behind both Rome's and Daryl's program is Nick. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I feel so <laughs> if, if Nick goes away, not I think... Not to say that, not to take their driving No, 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 not away. to take their driving... No, 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 but driving driving is, you know, obviously they're both extremely talented drivers. Rome is, in, is first round in Pro 2, and he already gets podium. That's yeah, insane. he didn't qualify today. Oh, he didn't? I don't believe so. Oh, okay. If I'm not mistaken. I think... 
<laughs> Trenton Beecham, who won the last round, like barely snuck in. Really? It was just, it was like, you didn't watch qualifying today? No. Oh, it was actually, a shit show. Uh, it was in the rain. <laughs> Damn. But well, I mean, you know, 100 yeah. mile an hour track that you're like, hey, we have to do in the rain now. <laughs> but no, but, but I, you know, the thing is, we are in SoCal. We're not really used to driving in the rain too much. Yeah, that's, uh, that's true. And I think that showed today. Yeah, that, that takes a big toll. And, and you know, one thing I will say, uh, and part of the, what allows some of these new drivers from SoCal to do really good in in Pro 2 is the fact that the Drift League really sets drivers up for Pro 2 mm-hmm. by because they're doing at Irwindale and they're higher doing speed. higher speeds, banked, you know, a bank track. It feels like, oh, hey, I've already done this before. It's this this isn't new to me. Exactly. That's why I, that's what it was meant to be. And then yeah. I think that I think fucking um, Rathena she hit the nail on the head when she when she was like, "Hey, I want to do this." Yeah. Uh, oh no, it's it's probably the best thing that SoCal has gotten. Oh, definitely. You know, and um, well, no, I really like you know I like I've said in the past like on the first episode I had mentioned that. Yeah. I was kind of bitching about how the way um, Just Drift kind of like does their judging and how they want you to drive mm-hmm. their way, and I and now I can look back at it and be like, "No, I was wrong." They're right. I should be able to adjust my driving, and they're not doing it. Yes, there's there's some things I would change that I don't agree with, um, but they're but they're only trying to make you a better driver. Yeah. So if you actually just listen to what they said and did it, you're going to be fine. You know, I will say here's this thing, like, it's one of those things. A lot of these drivers they fight. They're like, hey, I should have won. I should have don't won this. I should have won that. Like it's not fair. This driver, this so and so. Yeah. Like hey, this guy. And I think that's a personality trait. I don't think that has mm-hmm. anything to do with you as a driver. No, but like think about yeah. this, right? Um, it's like, hey, this driver just came out of nowhere, entered competition and won, and that caused me to lose my license or lose the potential for my license. Yeah, right? but you're supposed to be able to beat him. But yeah, it's exactly. It's like. Hey, you shouldn't be complaining about that. If you can't beat him fair and square, maybe you shouldn't be in Pro 2 yet. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like who who do you think, like, if, if you win, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you, you know, and so, like, if you can beat everybody around you, you deserve to have your license. And you deserve to be where you're at. Like, let's just say, a, like, any pro can go to a pro-am and, exactly. and compete. Yeah. So let's just say you're in, you know, you're you're fighting to get your license, yeah, and then fucking Chelsea Denofa shows up at the last round and, and beats you. you over. Well, uh, like, I mean, <laughs> well, he doesn't fuck I mean... you over, but like, yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, he, he takes your spot from you, and now yeah. you know because he took you out in top sixteen, yeah, or whatever, and mm-hmm. uh, now you're kind of screwed. Mm-hmm. So that just I mean, means you're, you're not here's ready. Here's the thing: I'm kind of, I'm not a big fan of pro drivers going into pro am because I feel it's not fair. No, no, it was not. I'm just saying it's just yeah. a, a... But you know, what, yeah, you know what I mean, though. It's like, when you have pro drivers, these guys have been doing this I don't, for... I don't think there's any pro drivers really going to pro-am events. Nate Hamilton. Oh, shit, Josh Robinson just did, too. He did a fucking uh, Lone Star Drift round, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. So, like, these Actually, are... Actually, um, the guy that drives the 5th Gen Camaro that was on, okay. uh, Robbie Baldridge, Okay. Uh, he battled him, and they got in an accident. <laughs> like... Here's the thing. I mean, yeah, obviously, if you can beat a pro driver, then you're, you're good. Like you're set. 
No, not necessarily. You but just, you these can, guys you can have... You can be a pro diver on your best day when they have their worst day. Yeah. But the thing is, is like, it's these guys have way more experience than you have. And it's kind of sometimes hard to compete with that. Uh, I would disagree. Some of them don't have as much competition experience as we all thought they would. Yeah. Well, I, I think, mean... uh, I can't remember the dude's name. He's in pro too. Mm-hmm. I think... Uh, last year was like his first time like really competing and he just petitioned for his license he was doing uh, some other sort of racing I think we yeah. like sprint, sprint car the dirt ones that go around the circle tracks it's a sprint car okay I think I think mm-hmm. I'm not 100% sure yeah uh, I think he did something similar to that and then he went and podiumed at a, took second in an event nice in St. Louis okay. uh, I remember that um I mean, here's the thing. You know, one big thing that will, if you're trying to develop a program in Pro M mm-hmm. or even Pro Two, if you go to a local FD event, yeah, like when they're out here in LA or, you know, if they're in your local, uh, your local states or cities or whatever, go, talk to the guys, talk to the pits. You know, to the guys in the pits. Yeah, but that's not everyone's like that. Yeah, I know not everyone's like, like that. Like you, you're very outgoing. You know, yeah. talk to people, and then like me, but, I don't want to fucking talk to nobody. But not even like okay, not even talk to them. Just look at how these people. Look at them. <laughs> no, but like, if you no. walk around the pits, yeah. you see how these people are running their pits. You just look kind at, of remember things like that. Yeah. You know, take and a, just kind of yeah, <laughs> look at how they set up their pit. Yeah. Look at how they they present themselves. You know, look, take ideas from these drivers. And that's, that's one thing that the Drift League is, like, super adamant uh-huh. about. She's like, hey, I want you guys to have a good pit and have people come up to you. Yeah. I mean, one of the big things, I'll tell you, networking is one of the biggest advantages to so, to racing in general. In, in order to, to want to be, to become a better driver, in order to become, you know, to have a better program is you have to ha- work on having good marketing, you know? Um, and that is such an important key, you know, without sponsors, uh, without social media, you can't grow as a driver, you know? Obviously, no, skill can, takes a huge factor. I'd, you know, I'm so, di- like, I've said in the past, like, I hate the fact that, mm-hmm. like, first of all, I'm addicted to social media as mm-hmm. bad as it is, so I'm mm-hmm. always fucking on it. Um, but I hate that the fact that it's such a social media driven that's time right is. now. And I know and I, I get and that's it. how it is. You know, it's it's one of those things that uh, social media right now takes a huge factor. If you think you're addicted to social media, look in your phone's fucking usage, battery percentage usage. <laughs> you're not gonna be fucking happy with it. Uh, <laughs> I promise. <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously, it's, and that's just how it is. Is yeah. Social media right now in, in any sort of motorsport anything takes a huge factor in what sponsors you're gonna get. I mean, that's Who how people are getting with. discovered. That's how pe- yeah. artists are getting discovered. That's how I um, talked to um, I was talking to guys over at ECS Tuning. Uh-huh. Right? ECS Tuning where's that at? there they do like all these BMW parts. Uh-huh. They're out in Ohio. Okay. Okay. Um, and when I and they're like, Oh yeah, we kinda focus our budget to YouTubers. I'm like, so you're not going to focus your product to 
pro-am drivers like that competition have competition setting, competition setting okay. racing pe- racers that are actually going to use this product for what it's intended. And not only that is you're, they're going to test your product and make sure that it's up to the task, right? Correct. Yeah. But instead, you're going to give it to a YouTuber. Yes, I'm not saying that you, these YouTubers are not actual track people. Like, look at Adam LZ. Yeah. You know? He's a, he's a hardcore enthusiast. He's a really talented driver. Correct. Who has a YouTube channel? I'm not saying that you, all YouTubers are like this. No, 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 I agree. Um, even TJ Hunt, he's out here like he's killing it at some of these events. Like he's doing better than some people that have been driving I think for he, years. I think he and I started driving around the same time. Yeah. Because I remember like they're like TJ Hunt's here, and I was like, I don't know who that is. <laughs> I, don't, I don't follow uh, YouTube. Oh, trust me. I as soon as as soon as like uh, they were like uh, TJ Hunt's driving, everyone just kept starting messaging me like, Hey, bro, can you take a picture of TJ Hunt for me? While you're out there, really? Like, I'm yeah. Like, do you want a picture of his penis? Like, I, like, I, I don't know what you want me to do. What do you want me to do? Yeah. Um, when and then when you got you realize how like people are just they're just people. Like, they're you not. Know, when you meet them. Here's the thing, um, you know, it's I feel people have a bad perspective on like YouTubers. A persona, uh, like bad pers- stigma. They give yeah. them like a bad stigma. They do. Like, oh, they just they're just doing YouTube. They don't deserve to be here. Or like they do the same thing with the Sorensen kids. Like, mm-hmm. have you ever met the fucking Sorensen kids? Oh yeah, dude. Those are the fucking coolest. You know, kids look, ever. look, Brandon, Amanda, and yeah. Ran- and Ran- and their dad Randy. They're not. They're, they're not snobs. They are. All three of them are some of the nicest. And Cameron, their little, their little, little brother. Little, yeah. Oh my god. They are the nicest people I've ever met in my yeah, entire they're life. Really cool like people. I don't think I've never met anybody as nice as these people. Like Brandon He's is not gonna put you in a fucking car, but you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know. Like Brandon is the most down to earth kid I have ever met. But if they like if they can help you and like mm-hmm. it's a, it's, and, and it's of their ability. Oh help yeah. You. They'll yeah. like Randy went out of his way to help get my car running. Out of one of the events, and wasn't it LS Fest last it was year? LS Fest last year, or yeah. no, the year before? No, it was last year. It was it last year? Okay, when you yeah, broke a motor bro- mount, right? I broke a motor mount uh, out in Vegas, and Randy takes. He's like, "Hey, follow me home. I'll weld this thing up for you." Yeah. And this was at eleven o'clock at night after they were dealing with their own problems on their own cars. So it's it kind of shows and you, you, and he owes you nothing. And I'm like, hey, how much do I owe you? He's like, don't worry about no, it. No, I'm just saying, like, he owed you nothing. He was just like, hey, yeah, I'll help you out. Exactly. Yeah. It's just out of the kindness of his heart, just like, here you go. Yeah. Brandon is, he, here's the thing. So the thing about the Sor- the Sorensons, right? These kids, they work. Yeah, like, they both work on their car. Brandon is the weld, is the fabricator. He does all the welding on all the cars. Like, he welds better than... A lot of people that so many people his welds are amazing. I, I, don't, I haven't seen him, but but, but no. But, no, but what I'm saying it. is like, it's not like they're like, hey, okay, I'm ready to drive. No, it's like I'm working on this. I'm building this. I'm driving this. Yeah, and you know, and and they understand the value and the work that gets put into these programs, and I respect it so much. It's it's. It's yeah, definitely... they're not. They don't just have like a whole team building that car oh, yeah. for them. No, they have like, I, if I'm not mistaken, they do have like some type of employment setup. I don't but, know how that. But I do. Know, but I do know that Brandon is the one that's like doing a lot of the work. The dad, mm-hmm. you know, Randy, and then yeah, Amanda. It's, it's, they, she doesn't just sit around too. Yeah, you know, what I mean, they don't you, just sit around. 
you know, just like watching the car getting built, they're actually learning. But and the thing about them, at least there's like, at minimum, there's three of them to work on a car. Mm-hmm. Or as opposed to it's like me and you, it's like, yeah. I might be able to go help you one day and you <laughs> might be able to come here and help. And that's the problem is, okay, don't have friends who also drive their own race cars mm-hmm. because they will never come and help you work on They're their like, own car. They're like, I don't even want to work on my own car. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's, it's definitely hard. Um, call me when you need help bleeding brakes. I'll help you with that. <laughs> um, so that, that definitely is... Uh, is one of those things but no is one of the big keys from these uh from these kids knowing actually building these cars mm. uh if something breaks on track you know what it is you don't have to be like hey this is uh, something's broken i don't know what it is you have to i feel like in in racing you have to know your car inside now i agree and 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 even one of uh, one of the drivers at LS Fest uh, this weekend, they were they were having problems with the car because they said so many people have hands on this car because it travels so much. They don't know what's been done, what's been tightened, what's broken, and so the car keeps like the car had so many issues, but they don't know what's going on because they're guessing. It's if you have one set of hands that works on the car, mm-hmm. kind of back to the whole uh, Nick. Nick has this whole program, like set. He, if you look at some of the work that he does, but Nick only works mostly only works on um, mm-hmm. Daryl's car, from my understanding. No, I, I don't he, know their whole set. I know he. Well, he works with Rome. with Rome too. Yeah, but I, I don't. Know I don't know how, how but much in depth I don't know. Yeah, but like he, they have like all the markers. Yeah, like all the every nut and bolt has a marking on it to make sure that it's you know everything is torqued, nothing gets loose. You know they have sheets you know they have like data they have all this information that really sets them on the top to be able uh to you know to 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 be able to have an advantage over other people and i feel and i feel that's your crew is just as important as important as your driver to an extent but yes the whole it's a whole ensemble you gotta have a good crew, you gotta mm-hmm. have. Uh, but no, but at the at the same time, car. oh yeah, good car is definitely. A I must. think there's there's certain things you could skimp on. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people feel like Yo, you need to have this, you need to have that, um, and like, like I know drivers who do not have a tack in their car. Oh yeah, they don't have a tachometer. Like the, it's like okay, that's the rev limiter right there. <laughs> like you're like when you hear it, yeah, it's, shift uh, when you hear it. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, like, I mean, a lot of drivers. You know, I, I don't really look at my tack that much when I'm driving. It's just like you kind of have a sense to where you know, okay, this is about where I need to shift. Like just by you can feel it kind of drop off of the power it. band. No, yeah, that's that's true too. Like, but it still would bother me to not have one. Exactly. But like I don't have a an AFR gauge. Mm-hmm. You know, and then some people are like, "Why don't you fucking have one?" Especially if you're running E85. Yeah. I mean, look. Because I live dangerously, these, man. All these extra gauges, all this extra equipment, it just helps with diagnostics. It doesn't really help. I mean, realistically, do you even look at your gauges when you're driving? No, probably exactly. not. I think I, I check them, like, I check them immediately after, before the run. And immediately, immediately after, after the, run. the run's over, yeah. But during the run, you don't, I don't even know look if at I your gauges. Have oil pressure. Exactly. Who knows? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, so, but all what it does, all what gauges do, is it helps. Like, 
hey, why is my car not driving right? Yeah. It's like, oh, wait, my water temp is like at 250 or something. Or my oil pressure is so low. Or my air fuel ratios, the car's running super lean. You know, the car's running super lean. Like, So it just helps with, diagnosti- with diagnosis. Diagnostic. Or diagnostic. Or no. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'm probably wrong. Potato, uh, potato. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's... It's just... It's, yeah, well, back to what I was saying. Like, you don't have to have as much as some other people. Like, the only reason I have all the same wheels is because I got a deal. Yeah. Like, like I'm sponsored. So, that's the only re- yeah, and we'll, we'll get into something else mm-hmm. next. Um, like, the only reason I have all matching wheels is because I am sponsored, but, you know, if I didn't get a wheel sponsor, you know who's going to be on Craigslist with a whole bunch of fucking 5x120 wheels? Like, I don't give a fuck if it was one that I paid $25 for or 100 bucks for, like, I would have mm-hmm. had it because it was the same spec. Yeah. Or at least I would have tried to go in pairs for, uh, you know, weight reasons. But, you know, it's just, you don't... Well, I've seen here's people the thing. go with, I've seen people, and which I'm trying to segue into something else right now. Mm-hmm. I've seen people like go with like so little, and then I've seen people like the Sorensen show up. Like, um, who should, who is it? Damn it. The guy that pits for Jeff Jones. I can't remember his name. He drives the S12. He competed in the Drift League last year. Okay. Shit. I don't know his name. You know who he is. I, I, I know who he is. You, okay, I, I can't think know, of his name. I don't know his name. Anyway, um, mm-hmm. him. He, uh, he shows up with like, Less than you would think would even like if you think there's a bare minimum you need, he shows up with about twenty percent of that. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, well, and look, he still ended up on the podium. Damn. See that that's where driver talent comes in. Exactly. You know, is is Alpha Ramirez. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, and, but seriously, it's it's one of those things that driver talent is one of the biggest factors in mm-hmm. this. But you could be an amazing driver. But if you're by yourself, or, like, for example, you need a spotter. You cannot drift without a spotter. And you need one spotter who understands how you drive. Yeah. And not even, even if they don't understand how to drive, even if they don't know how to understand drifting in general, they just need to go to the driver's meeting, listen to what they have to say. And reiterate it. And and say, hey, you're not doing what they're asking you to. Actually, I have a uh, Monica, my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. She did it, what, the last two rounds? Or the last round? Okay. I can't remember. Oh, shit, it was the last round. I remember it crashed. Yeah. Um, and she was on it. Mm-hmm. Like, like she listened exactly to what the judges said. Like, she's mm-hmm. not. Yeah, it's like, here's like, the thing. Even, you can ask her now. She'll be like, I don't, I don't really care. But you can t- she's like, I can tell when it's, there's an exciting run going on. I mean, like I said, people think like, oh, I need to understand drifting. Or I need to know whatever it is just so i can spot for you no that's not the case you just need to hear what the drivers want or the the judges want and watch whoever you're watching drive yeah to say hey you're doing this wrong you're a little low you're a little high whatever it is and as a driver we should be able to take that in consideration and be able to adjust but sometimes we can't we can't really tell where we are on track Mm mm-hmm you know, we think, hey, we're a little, we're close, or we think we're far, but in reality, it's so. You could be you know, a mile away from that wall away. that you think you're riding. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, um, no, I could see that. And and we are still pro am, so we're not like, we don't have as much seat time as some of these other drivers to be able to 
like, oh, I know exactly where I am, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, and then uh, what I was trying to segue into is uh, how how much, how high quality build yours is, or at least uh, the perception of it is to actually what you're running. You're the cheapest person I know. <laughs> no, and the reason I say that is like, and this isn't a good thing what I'm about to say, is you just buy tires whatever's on sale. You don't say to a consistent tire, which might be holding you back, but you're not spending as much money as some other people might be per mm -hmm. round. Yeah. Like, let's say, we were paying your entry freeze, right? So, yeah. which is, uh, just dripped is, is. 250 Yeah. Um, you're paying fuel to get there, which is a minimum there and back. Like a hundred Gas is up right now, so okay. we're going to call it 140 bucks. Okay. Sounds fair. And then you're paying whatever tire you can fucking find. Mm-hmm. That is one big thing, um, is, yeah, I don't really stick to the same tire all the time so which you know that causes the car i can't like fine tune that yeah. single tire is your setup exactly each tire drives a little bit differently one has more side bite one has no side bite you know one it's too grippy one's not grippy at all and so yeah it, it plays a big factor but unfortunately when you're in my position you know i don't work again i'm student. still a full-time student and the, the way I get my money is, like, I'll sell some parts. You know, I'll flip some parts, make some money off of that. You know, so I can go to an event with, like, 600 bucks. You know, and that's pretty much all, all the money I have for, like, a month. Yeah. So, and that, so, and so the thing is, is that people see this whole fancy car, and they're like, oh, this guy's a baller. But no, that's not the case. It's just... It's got a lot of stickers on it for a reason. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. If I had the money, I wouldn't have any stickers on the car at all. But, you know, it's 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 one of those things you need sponsors in my case. I need I need to work with these companies just so I can be able to afford what I'm doing. Yeah. And, and which you still can't. And yeah. Like realistically, mm -hmm. like, like I can't either. Like mm -hmm. honestly, I'm Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm starting behind I, right now like, financially <laughs> because of I'm trying to rush the car. Yeah. And I fucked myself over. So now I'm going to be broke pretty much until June. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> but no, but I mean, the idea is, is that uh, it, you have to stay like, I mean, you have to allot a budget. Yeah. You know, to, to each round say, hey, this is how much I should spend. This is how much, you know, put aside like potential, like, hey, if I break something. You know, or and then when people are telling you that they're paying twenty five hundred bucks around, like I had Josh Mason on, Josh Mason on, they're like twenty five hundred bucks in tires alone. I'm like, what? No, he said twenty five hundred bucks for the whole year. We mm -hmm. are in, that was with him on the podium yeah. in first place. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's X amount of tires, however many went through. Let's just say, well, the thing he went through twelve. We'll call mm -hmm. it twelve tires. That's his initiation fees, his fuel, his fuel for the car, like. I don't know if he's buying lunch for his guys. Like, that's probably all. Inclusive. I mean, I'm sure that he has somebody there helping him and change tires, spotter. They have to pay them. And then even the same thing like me. Like, mm -hmm. I'll go. Or last year, I think. Dude, I still have a fresh set of tires. Those tires on that fucking wheel right there. Actually, <laughs> those have never been used. I bought those last year. And I still have the Federals from the original ones I bought in 20 for the first round of Just Grip. 
Like I still have twenty seventeen. Yeah, no, twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen. Yeah, when I and I realized that I didn't like the Federals, so I went, I got the Achilles instead. Mm-hmm. Uh, just shit like that. Mm-hmm. So you know you don't spend as much as you think. Like I still have the tires, but if I was doing well, you're gonna spend a lot more money. So if you plan on doing well and you want, well, do here's well, the thing: the key to doing well is seat time. Well, no shit, but you, know, <laughs> you also have to pay to play. Like, you can't, exactly. you can't leave that factor out. Exactly, and that's why I feel like my progression is not as fast as some of these other drivers because I'm only driving the rounds. I can't really afford to spend another $600 or $700 or whatever it is on doing a test day. and Because mainly the biggest expense is it's not the round, it's the tires. It really is. Yeah. And so it's not about it's it's the whole idea is I need to drive you know I need tires to drive and go out and just go ahead go ahead you need tires but yeah I need tires and I need um, just to go out there and get seat time yeah can you open that door thanks no and. That's the same thing, but, you know, and I think uh, a lot of people will say seat time is seat time, but I think going to, like, a slower track, mm-hmm. I don't think that's the same, because your car, I feel that the car reacts differently mm-hmm. in different situations, so, like... Well, look, like, we have a, a local track out here um, called uh, Adams Motorsport Park. Which is a small little go-kart track. It's a small second-gear track. Third gear if you're geared... Depending, yeah, how you're carrying. I think with your new setup, you're going to be in third. I'll probably be in third. But that track really doesn't help you progress as a driver too much. It will. It'll help, but it's so It slow. helps you run tight. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which might help you in the long run, but I feel mm-hmm. like it doesn't really... It helps pre- with tandem, I will say. Yeah, it does help I don't think it... Practice. I feel it doesn't prepare you for But it the doesn't high prepare speeds. you for Pro-Am. I don't think it helps you for Pro-Am. Yeah. Hang on one second. Hang on one second. What's up, bud? Yes, please. Actually, go to sleep, bud. It's late. You take a shower in the morning. Okay, go to bed, though. Love you, too. All right, take a shower in the morning. It's like 10.30. I forgot to tell, <laughs> I forgot to tell him to take a shower an hour ago. Yeah. Uh, anyway, what are you talking about? Adams. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think it, it prepares you for the higher speeds. Like, I even mean, in pro, I'm, like, from going... Well, here's the thing. Seat time, seat time. Yes, no but what, at the no same... Matter how, but yeah, but yeah, exactly. That's but the thing, though. it's, you know, the idea is that... What's the idea of seat time? If you're just going out there and just messing around, you're not actually... You're not actually, like, benefiting. It's... You need to go out there... Tune your suspension, you know, play with spring rates, play with tire pressures, you know, play with your, you know, your, your rebound. Change, and Change something so you know how the car is going to react. Yeah, it's like, hey, changes. I like this. Yeah, it's like, hey, I like this. I don't like this. You know, it's like, this feels better. I can throw the car like, in. Let, like, let's say you can only afford in between rounds to mm-hmm. do, like, one little. Like, we have, we have in SoCal, so we have, like, a lot of. We have Adams. We have mm-hmm. Grange. There's always an event at Grange, like pretty much every weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem with Grange is it's so hard on the car. Like if you go off, it's like a three, four inch drop. No, they fixed it apparently. Top. Oh, they did. Not all okay, of it, cool. but they're just sections of it, like the 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 entry. 
Uh, well, but the no. thing is, you saw Jeff grow. Yeah, that was years ago. Oh yeah, don't ever go to Grange when it rains. No, <laughs> and go off track. No, he debated. Mm-hmm. He debated. And then his but car, because his the dirt, yeah. yeah, but because of the dirt, was still very, uh, um, was still very like. Yeah. You know, I still had a lot of water in it. And it's not really dirt. No, it's dirt. I was it's say. it's like rocks and sand and. Yeah. No, but um, back to what I was saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, lost my train of thought. Mm-hmm. I just don't think it's the same. Like this, it's not the same seat time. It's not really. Yeah. But it will. I mean, you know, it one... does help you make be more um, alert and uh-huh. more moving around in the car if you need to make a quick adjustment yeah. it gets you kind of really prepared for that yeah i mean the whole idea is a big yeah. factor is you know how you hold the steering wheel you know i saw some of the in-car footage from some of the guys at uh, ls fest last week and you look at their in-car footage of them playing with the steering wheel like of like actually driving yeah and you're like damn this guy's all over the place i looked at footage from when i was driving and I was like, okay, yeah, I need to kind of clean up some things and how I, you know what I mean? Like, for example, the way you hold the steering wheel and the way you turn the steering wheel, huge factor in drifting. You know, you don't want the car to whip around. You don't want to, you want to hold the car so it doesn't spin out. You know what I mean? The way you hold the steering wheel, the way you turn the steering wheel, if, if you do it in a certain way, you know, you but a lot of it's a lot of it has to do with everyone's different style too. Like, like that's you, true. you like holding the steering wheel through the whole drift, maneuvering the car exactly yeah. how you want to. Well, and I'll let the car, mm-hmm. I'll release the steering wheel and let it self. Well, spin. here's the thing, um, Spike. So I don't know if you know yeah, yeah, Spike John. Yeah. So Spike, back when I first was learning how to drift. He goes and tells me this. Look, keep your eyes and keep your hands ninety degrees to your body. Uh huh. Never cross your hands. Okay. If I you wanna, if you wanna turn, you let go of one hand, turn, then put the other hand back on. Never cross your hands. Right. And. Because they could get. Like, because that's how you interference. You, exactly. And then he also told me if you have one hand on the steering wheel. That's 50%. If you have two hands on the steering wheel, that's 100% of control, essentially. Yeah, and then actually he released a, a, a video on his Instagram recently about uh-huh. that, about ha- him having his personal preferences to mm-hmm. have his handbrake right by a steering wheel. That's how I have mine. Yeah. I don't like that. I've driven a car like it. I drove uh, Edder's car. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, it's cool. I get it. It's it's It just allows you to be able to... Go to the handbrake, go back to the steering wheel as soon as possible. I like to not rely on the handbrake. Here's the thing. The handbrake is allows for you to have, um, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, It allows the car to be consistent, or not consistent, but uh, it's, it's uh, I said it before, what was the word? Um, I don't know. It allows you to be more precise. And then, and then just to clarify, this uh-huh. is all from your perspective. This is, this yeah, is yeah, yeah. So people, I don't yeah, want I mean, to be like, <laughs> be like, no, that's not how you do it. Like, yeah, we yeah, could yeah, be yeah. wrong. I mean, here's the thing. We, each person has a different driving style. Yeah. You know, I, I like to initiate with the handbrake. I don't I don't feel comfortable, like, flicking the car in because sometimes the car can behave differently every time. 
Yeah. You yeah, know? something can break during a flick. But something exactly. can break at any time, so it doesn't... Exactly. But I feel like the consistency that I can get by using a handbrake initiation, for example, I'm able to do replicate the same movement every single time. Um, and even though, I mean, it's, it's one of those things that having... Uh, these different, you know, factors involved really helps you get, become a better driver as well. I mean, different obstacles, different conditions of driving, you know, if your car has bad alignment, you know, having a good alignment is great, but if you can drive the crap out of it with a shitty alignment, hey, that's more power to you. Yeah. That, That could help you get... You know, that could help you in a tough situation. Look how that helped out uh, Vaughn getting Jr. in Orlando. Yeah, so it's, I mean, don't feel that driving with, you know, a car that's not perfect or that's not up to par or don't feel that that's going to limit you. That actually could help you out in the long run. You know, it's like a blessing in disguise in a way that... You know what I mean? Sorry, it's <laughs> got a very interesting message. It's funny. Okay. Uh, but this is all just different perspectives. But oh yeah, I mean that's the thing. What drifting is, there's so many different styles. You know, you have very aggressive style. You have like James Dean, right? It's fucking butter. He is so smooth. Yeah, almost. But he's extremely aggressive. Is he though? Like you know, they're what it consistent, is? It's, it's, but they're. It's because he's so. It just. It's so mechanical. It's it almost it's uh, almost unemotional. Yeah. And, uh, like you see James Dean, you're like, okay, he's gonna do a perfect run. Like, yeah, like it's like expected, so yeah. it's not as it's not as exciting to watch. Yeah. Like and then you see um, like a Chelsea Denofa who's like, then Chelsea, oh, he's gonna drive his fucking balls off, and he drives oh, by a the car hundred ten percent. He doesn't. If he wrecks it, he knows it's a possibility. Exactly. Um, yeah. but then you have like Dai and Nada, or not Nada, sorry, Yoshihara. Mm-hmm. Dai, that guy's car is flawless throughout he's the super entire consistent. year. He's extremely consistent, but at the same time, he's very conservative. Like, he's a, he, Dai is he a just very. He knows what the fuck he's doing. He knows what he's doing, but he doesn't do any rash movements. You know what I mean? Like, it seems like very calculated almost. Everything, yeah. Yeah, it's like okay, the I, car, I can see that. He doesn't like, he's not, like, he, do, he doesn't like drive like Chelsea. He, Correct. He drives a little more conservative, you know? Consistent. Extremely consistent, extremely conservative. He doesn't do anything stupid, <laughs> for example, just to, like, and wreck his car. You know, knock on wood. Yeah, but, I haven't seen him, like, ride a car off. But I, then again, I haven't been following. But no, but he's been driving that same that chassis. And if you look at his car... The bumpers have very light scratches on them. Like yeah. he gets so close to the wall, but he he rarely touches the wall. And that's actually one thing I do like about Dai, is he doesn't let he doesn't go. He doesn't just flick the car and just go into the wall. He just he he knows how to drive that car, and he's extremely calculated in every part of his driving. Um. What other drivers like 
what other drivers do you think have like a very uh, unique driving style to them? Like unique, like to them, I would, I kind of want to say AJ Muss. Mm -hmm. I really, I think he's super aggressive, and I really like the way he drives. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I think. Well, you know what they said is like, if you're not crashing, you're not trying. Yeah, that's that's. Of course, if you're if you're crashing, it's very expensive. But <laughs> but, but but at the same time, like people who end up on the podium who aren't crashing, like Dario Shahar, like you just said, like he's not he's not crashing in the sense like where he's not like going out of control and because yeah, yeah. he he over did something like he. So mm -hmm. <sighs> I'm not even look for the word ah. Uh, he doesn't kind of like overdo it and then bite the bullet later because. Exactly. Because something he wanted to do. Like, is that calculated risk? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, me, as for me, I don't calculate risk, and I just do it, and then I yeah. write off a and, car. And that's kind of how I feel like Rome, Rome's driving is. Rome, yeah. yeah Rome yeah. has a very similar driving to die. You think so? It's, I can see that. It's, it's commitment. He has that commitment. And you could see, by the way, he drives the tire smoke that he puts out. But at the same time, uh, extremely consistent, mm -hmm. extremely conservative. He doesn't do anything that's going to put him in the wall. You yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, extremely consistent, extremely, like, conservative. But at the same time, has that commitment. But so good. But it's so good. Like, you feel, he makes it look so easy. And then you get out there and you just smash your car right in the wall. <laughs> But no, it's it's one of those things like that's how you can tell that they if they're a good driver or if they're just relying on power. No, I, I don't think so. I, I, I can't say that anybody's just relying on power. I mean, some, like a name a driver who's relying on power. Not in pro two. I'm just saying like, like in, in general. general. Oh, I don't know. Me? <laughs> you don't have any. <laughs> you have a very no. subpar 400 horsepower car like uh, everybody. <laughs> you know, it's You know, but the thing is is a lot of um you know, one of the big issues is when the, when the LS was first released, like, not released, but when it was first kind of um, became popular, Yeah, was there was a big issue with Pro-Am that the drivers were compensating for a bad line or, you know, whatever with just flooring it. And Taco would call him on it? And he would call him on it so yeah. bad because the thing is, is you mess up, but instead of you trying to correct it, you you just, like, hammer the gas and just go and fly out of it smoke show exactly and because you it had that cool. torque and because you had that torque yeah you can just pull do what you know and it covers it but that's kind of not what the good you know that doesn't really make you that much that better of a driver you know yeah it just kind of like masks your you know it masks your, your shortcomings yeah exactly so I mean, you know, some people are true believers in the whole, you have to start drifting in a slow car. I, so you can understand. Or a, a stock car with stock angle. And technically, I did. <laughs> well, stock you know, power. angle angle didn't really, like, this whole Wisefab craze and, like, the super 70 degrees of, of steering angle. I don't know if it's necessarily, like, the actual degrees of how much angle you're throwing. But I think it's, like, a lot of it's your suspension geometry being... Exactly. ...being good for drifting. Yeah. And, you know, um, some people, like, act, 
Some people Ackerman. like to have Ackerman. Mm-hmm. Some people don't. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's very... Um, well, some people like to flick the car. Some people like to slowly kind of go into it. Uh, and and that's and that's a big thing. It's it's the developments in steering geometry have really, you know, changed drifting. Yeah. Over the last several years, uh, we were, I was drifting with my stock angle kit at Adams when I first had my two forty back in the day. And yeah, and that's. And and then when we got angle, when I put out my first, I had a Power by Max angle kit. Is it still on the car? It's still on the car right now. Just fucking chilling. It's just sitting there. Can we throw that thing together and have a <laughs> shit car? Oh, dude, I found a 240. If I make it, you, it's your car, so if I make it run with a shit box, <laughs> can I trash it? <laughs> but no, it's it's one of those things that we put the angle kit on. We're like, oh, my God, what is this? Like, I can turn, I can steer for days. And then, you know, it's, it's one of those things that the more you progress and then you keep adding parts into it and just kind of, you know, make it better and better and better. Yeah, it's there just... is a lot on car development mm-hmm. slowly. I think it I think that's very important. That's why I think Rome does so well. Yeah. Because that's the same car he's had. He's you know, he drove yeah. it when it was still what what is it? He drove it for fifty four? No. No, uh, I don't M- know but M fifty M fifty two. Yeah. I remember that and then uh the first my first event ever that I ever drifted at was mm-hmm. in the Cadillac. Mm-hmm. At a Spike Chen fucking event, Drift <laughs> Axis event, and yeah. I remember Rome was there, and he had his Corolla. Okay. Um, and I didn't know who the hell he was at the time. Yeah. I think he was just starting out his Pro-Am stuff. Yeah. And this is when he was still driving his Pro-Am car to the event. Yeah. He wasn't trailering it there. He drove it there. He had tires in the seat, and then I think, uh, I don't know how he got, like, his tires and extra shit there. Um. But I know that, uh, I remember... Dude, I would fit, I somehow fit 10, 15-inch 10, tires in my S13 hatch, along with a jack, an impact, and uh, all my tools. Uh, a, t- a small tool a bag. Small, yeah. A small tool bag. Your but, tools have changed. <laughs> I mean, now I have a you know big toolbox that goes in the back of the truck, but but still, you know, it's it's... It's it's one of those things. But you don't need all that stuff. Like you can literally show up with bags. You don't need that. It just helps. Uh, when I had, for example, I would take, I would empty out my toolbox, throw all my tools in a bag. Wait, real quick. You don't need it, but anybody who's being successful has it. Exactly. And not to say that the that the uh, underdog story. I mean, look. Can't be. Here's the happened. thing. I'll tell you this. I bought. So I I built this whole track tool setup. Yeah. I bought Harbor a, Freight box. a Harbor Freight box for 160 bucks. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then and you, if that's all you can afford, yeah. is to have that Harbor Freight. And then box, and then Black too. Friday. I don't, I'm not a big fan of Harbor Freight tools per se. Yeah, so like the I, Pittsburgh stuff. Yeah. No. I'm not a big fan of that, but I went to uh, Sears. Same. I went to Sears, a couple hundred bucks. I filled up the entire toolbox. I bought a, the torque wrench is like 45 bucks. Yeah. And this is a good torque wrench. Like, the Craftsman ones are half-decent torque wrenches. Yeah. Versus, you know, I'm not... It's not a snap-on. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're not talking... Dude, my dad bought one. He, I was like, how much you pay for that? He's like, $1,100. <laughs> no, but the thing is, is like, okay, or, you um, have to keep in mind that these are tools that we're using at the track. So, people are going to borrow these tools. People are going to lose these tools, you know? Oh, and that's another you thing. You can break give, these tools. If you borrow somebody's tools... Give it back. Like, make sure you get that fucking tool back. Yeah, if you have because to ship what, it, if you forget and you take it home, ship it back. Like Whatever you do, because the, the only reason I said that is because 
it all it's gonna take is one person mm-hmm. to ruin that, and then it's gonna be like like if somebody left with a tool of mine and didn't bring it back, I don't give a fuck what tool it is. That is my tools really are now off limits because one person ruined it. Exactly. And and that's a huge factor. Like mm-hmm. I, I personally I kinda I'm scared to give tools away because what if I need it? Or you can have they'll they'll you have two types of people. You have the person who's like me, who's like, it's just going to take one person to yeah. lose an 8 millimeter socket. Yeah. And I'm like, nope, I'm not giving my tools out, sorry. No one can or they'll drop it in their or engine bay and they that, can't give it back to you. Or there's another guy <laughs> who had a, someone lose a socket, not say anything, and then the last person is going to be like, this fucking piece of shit lost my 8 millimeter socket. Like, you know what I mean? And I'm just the type of person to be like, nope, sorry, not going to work. I won't say who it was or anything like that. I'll just be like, no, yeah. we're not doing it. Exactly. Now, now the thing is, is so like, I literally bought the toolbox. Yeah. I bought uh, a a tool set, like a couple hundred piece set from from Sears. It came with everything. You can get. You don't need craftsman. You can get like a cobalt set or whatever. Yeah, like I have a husky. These set have, from Home Depot. Yeah, Home Depot. They have lifetime warranty. They honor their lifetime warranty extremely well, so you don't have to worry about the that. The only problem is Sears is kind of like on their way out. <laughs> like, so, uh. but, but still, like, you have good quality tools. They come with everything you need. And I can fill up my toolbox for a couple hundred bucks. And, you know, and then I still have space to where I can fit nuts and bolts, uh, water. You know, we use distilled water on the race car. You um, use distilled water. I use right? distilled water on the I don't car. give a shit. <laughs> well, you need distilled. You can't run coolant in your car. You could run water from the fucking oh, yeah. faucet like people have for years. Well, you know, it's it, you have a risk of, like, you know, the salt resting some of the parts inside. Yes, but... there is, but you, I, I don't care. No one's... Not every <laughs> single person is running distilled water. I do run it. Yeah. But, like, when I filled this system, because the other day, because I wanted to run it. Well, look, you got Walmart for 70 cents a gallon. Okay, but going to fucking Walmart is a mission sometimes. That's true. And if I you mean, forget it, when you go get, like, I pick up oil from Walmart because they're cheap. Yeah. But, like. But, like, when you're buying oil, just buy water. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, I, I, you know, on the water sprayer, I only use distilled water because that you way. You use distilled water on your water sprayer, too? Yeah. Because that way, when I spray the the engine bay, it doesn't get the whole uh, the salt all over the engine. It keeps the engine kind of clean. Okay. You know, so it's it's just there's a lot of things, there's a lot of factors, but you know, I bought this five gallon jug that I fill up with distilled water, and just take that out to the track. And you know, if if that's still too expensive for you, you can go to any detail supply store. Like I go to Chemical Guys. I fill up the five gallons. I think they charge like 15, 20 cents a gallon. You uh, know what I mean? So it's like... I don't I don't think people are... I, I think it's the fact of going to go get it. That, that is true. To, it's like, I have a faucet right here. <laughs> and then it's That's like, true, but it's just like, these are just small things. Unless Walmart's things. across the street from your house. But then going to Walmart, yeah. it's always a shit show. <laughs> yeah, I know. I waited in line behind this lady that had like some 300 items and a 25 uh, or less items. Dude, I did that line. With, with my son's mom one day. We, we were like 20 years old. Uh, it was when we first got our own place and we we just went grocery shopping. And we were, like, we were in line for like, I don't know. It was a long line. It was Walmart. Yeah. Anyways, we got to the front. She's like, you know, this is the 25 item or less, right? I was like, well, <laughs> we're here. So <laughs> I felt bad. Um, I've done that before, though. Uh, the, yeah, it's, Walmart kind of sucks to go to. 
I mean, grocery stores is a dollar. But still, I mean, here's the thing. Yeah, you have a point. Sometimes you can't, you know, you don't, you can't go out and go get, you know, the distilled water and the stuff they need. But, you know, we're trying to do this right. You yeah. Know? And yeah. so this is one of those things that allows you to do it right. And, um, you know, it's, it's like, like I said, I run water, water and, uh, and distilled water. Yeah. And that way, you know, waterfalls on track, it just dries right up. You know what though? Um, I went last year when I hit the wall, mm-hmm. they were like, uh, after I hit the wall, they're like, oh, it smells like coolant, like antifreeze. And I was That's like, from the water water. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. And they were like. No, that's antifreeze. I was like, it's not antifreeze. I'm like, yeah, it, is. it smells like it. I'm like, that motor has like 160,000 miles on it. It's embedded into the fucking block. It's <laughs> not antifreeze. Wow. And then uh, they were kind of <laughs> they were kind of being an asshole. About it. <laughs> it was because uh, I rode back in uh, one of their cars, and it was Mike and um, I can't think of the other dude's name. The Russian dude. Okay. Oh, Nikita? Nikita, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was like, why did you have that in there? I was like, I didn't. Water wetter. <laughs> yeah. No, like mine, I have water wetter and water in there, and that's all that's been in there the last several years. Yeah. And it still smells like coolant sometimes. So. Yeah, that's. Yeah. Yeah, you remember, I, this motor had 167,000 miles on it when I crashed the original Cadillac I had, and then it went straight from in there. And then you have, like, probably like 500, then, 500 miles of just abuse. An, uh, not even. <laughs> Not even 500 miles. It's probably like 100 miles of just straight abuse yeah. with old-ass cam bearings. And if, if you ever change a cam on an LS, mine, don't look at your bearings. Mine was a mystery motor. I don't even know the history of my motor. Uh, all I know is that it just burns oil and it still runs. I have no idea how it still runs, but I beat the crap out of it. When we did the Hoonigans, when we did the Burnyard thing, it got up to 270 degrees. And I look inside, I go to fill it. It had no water in it. <laughs> and yet I filled it up with water good to go it, it didn't I didn't I was like oh crap I probably blew it. I had a gasket not even I drained the oil everything's good filled it up with water it's, you know it's all good to go LS's are pretty bulletproof and I'm sure that's you know it's pretty I much why I think the TJ and the LS are you know a lot of people are going TJ now I'm They're trying to. Kinda... I'm seeing a lot of LS and Pro M, and then mm-hmm. everything. Two J and Pro Two. Yeah, I noticed. No, not or Pro One. Pro Pro One and Pro Two. I think it's. I don't know how much of a mixture it is, but I like seeing the oddball stuff. Like I really like Trenton Beecham setup because. Mm-hmm. The I actually motor. really do like how that sounds, and I'm yeah. a I'm a Chevy guy. But well, I, think, I mean, like, it's because you got that top you know, and JTP's cars mm-hmm. sound amazing. Yeah, it's because you know you got the the, um, the four. Uh, uh, the four valve, you know, overhead cams, so it really does change, you know, change oh, the on tone. Oh, on the uh, 5.0? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it changes the tone from, uh, you know, a pushrod motor to, to you know, to having that uh, overhead cam set up. So, having different motors, like ESSA with S54, he has a turbo S54 and an M3, that thing sounds insane. Sounds amazing. You know, so sometimes having, like you said, yeah, those those oddball motors that have the uh, different engine setups and kind of, it's kind of nice not to have a field full of LSs and 2Js. 
you know, it's kind of nice to have something a little bit different, kind of like with Sean Doom. You know, they're running a turbo, turbo. Somebody K8. else did that last year. I just can't remember the guy's name. I'm not sure, but yeah, they S13 have a thirteen hatch too. <laughs> they have a turbo K A, and I mean that thing sounds insane. I mean, it's making. I think he said it was like making eight hundred horsepower or something like that. And who? Sean. He's not making eight hundred horsepower on the new one. Yeah. Bullshit. I don't know, I Sean. If you're listening to this, I don't think he's making. <laughs> I, I don't think that is that motor really making that much. I think that yeah, I think it is. But then you have like Osbo's car, you know. The, the There's no fucking way he's making it. I I'm, I'm gonna sure. fucking DM him right now. <laughs> <laughs> but like then you have like he's gonna be like, who the fuck are you? You have like Osbo, like uh, uh-huh. Stefan, right? He built the thousand horsepower four cylinder, um, the four cylinder and the Corolla. I think it's the. Four, four UZ or something like that. I'm not sure what the. What are you talking about? Osbo's motor. Two AR. Two AR. Yeah. That thing. It's basically that, the TC engine. Yeah. It's a yeah. Thousand horsepower. Yeah, but it's that's pretty not, reliable. I don't think there's anything Toyota about that motor. The block. <laughs> I don't even think the block is. I, I could be wrong. I think they have it like machines. Like, I don't know. To the fucking nines. Um, I think, I don't know, I have to look, yeah. uh, Stefan Papadakis did an episode on it, like, what, yeah. I don't know if there's, there's a still a block from Toyota, like, I, like, you know, like, they have well, the LS they, block from a truck or an actual LS, well, and then Dart makes a block, mm-hmm. I, don't, I think I, it's, I, I'm not sure, yeah, I, I I, I'm not too sure, but, I mean, I'm sure because Toyota is one of their sponsors that they probably, you know, might get... Um, you know all these engine components from from Toyota. Possibly, so uh, it could be an option. Yeah, a lot of that stuff's custom made. I'm, I did see him make yeah, a fucking is. valve. Uh, not a valve stem or a seat. Well, I mean, when you have a guy, I saw like, him make retainers. Mm-hmm. Like, I, there's an episode where he made retainers. I mean, when you have a guy like Stefan on your team, or when Stefan owns the team. You have a badass car. No doubt about it. Yeah? No? So, I mean... Who who else is... Oh, the Ferrari. Federico. I don't like uh, supercars. They don't do no. anything for me. Like, I have... There's, like... When people are like, wow, it's a Ferrari. I'm like, don't... don't. Like, I, I don't dislike the car, but it just does nothing for me. You know, one thing I really do like about the fact that Federico brought the Ferrari in the FD, it's, it kind of sparked diversity in the field a little bit. I think it was a good timing because the Cadillac just came too. Yeah. Like, you know, Federico brought the, um, you know, the, the Ferrari. Ferrari. And you and have then, Taylor Hole in the Cadillac. Mm-hmm. And then you have the two Corvettes that came out. Well, yeah, the Dirk two, Stratton the, is no, in the Dirk Corvette. Stratton, he's, he's been in the Corvette. Um, but then um, he had Matt Field bring the Corvette, in, mm-hmm. which is more of like a HGK, and then the, an FD. and then the S15s. Yeah, I mean the S15 is still a beautiful chassis. It is, but it's just it's. Uh, I say it like so. It's like seeing any E46 with fucking M cars <laughs> on it. Yeah. 
It looks great, don't get me wrong, but it's like, okay, everyone has M-Parts on the E46. That's awesome, buddy. What other cars, like, what other unique cars are in FD? Outside of that, you got the Mustang, which is like technically unique. They are technically unique because, mm -hmm. but not anymore because there's three of them. They have yeah. the Camaro, but that's still on the... Um, the electric one. Yep. Well, are the, they they haven't it, been driving that yet. Even they didn't even compete with it in uh, Orlando. Well, hopefully they compete with it this weekend. Hopefully it does well. You think they will or? I think so. Yeah. Um. But we'll see. The cars are getting up there. I think yeah. there's gonna be a lot. There's the Ute. Mm -hmm. That's that's the, the most Holden. fucking unique thing. Um. But I really wish Chevy would have fucking came out with the El Camino. Seriously, man. I don't, I don't know if they'll ever come out with one again. No. <laughs> They're done. Yeah. Um, what else is there? Uh, what about Pro-Am? There's a lot of unique Pro-Am builds. There's an E92. I don't, I wouldn't really say an E92 is a unique Pro-Am build. Mm -hmm. uh, um, but it would be... Uh, that's a nice car, though. It's really well put together. Who's Who has the E92? I forget his name. Is the same dude we talked about earlier who crashes E36? I'm Jeff not sure. Jeff Groff? No, no, it's not He Jeff. doesn't do Pro-Am, though. No, no, no. Jeff's not doing Pro-Am. Who's, um, doing, who's doing Pro-Am in E92? Oh, no, no, that was Pro-2 in E92. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's the right. black one, right? Blake? Yeah. Blake something? I know, yeah, yeah it's yeah. something. Else. No, in Pro-Am, who has a... I mean, I there's a couple Zs the in Pro-Am... The FDs that oh, yeah. um, Noah Nelson. Noah's FD. Um, Aaron Parker. Aaron. Is that his name? Aaron, yeah, Aaron. Aaron's car is super legit. If if you, you know, if you put his car, if you just look at it the way it is, it's such an such a nice car. It has like the attention to detail is just insane. Yeah. Um, it's he that car is really really nice and he's on a very modest budget too it's not like he's you know it's not like he's made of money or anything but his car you know really well put together uh good quality parts it's a really good really good car yeah that, that car is uh, nice i who else you think other than that i don't know there's this shit box right here that we need to. <laughs> well, it really, you know, I I didn't want just to be just to clarify. I didn't build this car because I wanted it to be unique or anything. I yeah. built this car because this is the car I love. Yeah. Um. I mean, that's kind of like you know the thing is is when I got the E46 the first season, I was like, hey, I'm the only E46 in Pro Am. I'm the only E46 in Pro Am, and then now there's like what three or four of them in Pro Am or something like that. You, uh, the reason I got it was the only one I really liked. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not a fan, like I said before, like, I'm not a huge fan of imports. Yeah. You know, I do like, I think, like most people, like I like the Evo 8 and 9. I just think it's an amazing car. Um, oh, yeah, Roz with the Evo. Yeah, like his car is fucking awesome. Yeah, that car is insane. Fortunately, he's not competing in Formula Drift this year. Oh, no? Oh, yeah, yeah he's not. Um, and I, I like that there's an LS in it. I really, yeah, I really love that. It's a supercharged LS. But um, well, there's that factor, and then there's fuck. What was I talking about? Unique cars. Unique like chassis in FD. Oh, the E46. Like mm -hmm. when I built, like it was just something I like. Like it was cool. Like I'm, I'm okay with BMWs. 
<laughs> I had an E30 that I flipped over on the freeway with my son in the car, dude. <laughs> Damn. Was, it was, I, I hydroplaned. It was nothing I could do about it. Um, and then, you know, I couldn't drive a Mustang. And that was, that was pretty much, it was like that. Well, I mean, you could do like what Josh did and put an LS in a Mustang. It still wouldn't allow it. Like, my dad would be like, you're a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Dude, we grew up around cars. I said, yeah. Everyone has a Chevy. I can't do it. You saw what Rob, uh, Rob Dom did? He put a rotary in a Corvette. Who's that? Uh, he's a YouTuber. No, I, I, yeah, I, remember. I don't know. Yeah. The only reason I know of Adam LZ is because uh, he's been on Maximum <clears throat> Gift Grabs a few times. <laughs> and then the only reason I know of TJ Hunt is because um, Top Drift. Yeah. When I competed last year, I was like, who's TJ Hunt? Like, I, it's just not my thing. You yeah. Know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't watch YouTube that much, but, you know, these guys, they spark your attention. I, I'm, not, I'm not one for YouTubers. Mm-hmm. But, like, I'll watch a Steph Papadakis video because I think oh, yeah. what he does is really amazing. Oh, yeah. Not to say that what Adam L.D. or TJ Hunter are doing are not amazing. I just yeah, I yeah. have no interest in. It's, it's you know, some of those videos, especially, like, if you guys haven't watched it, I would really recommend you watch some of, like, Stefan's posts. Like, they have some, like, like inside information. He doesn't have inside information. No. You know what he does? He's like, no, this is what we do. Yeah, yeah. But, no, like, but, really... like, information that that really can help you um, learn. build, learn to build a better car. Mm-hmm. Something that I might agree. become more reliable. You know, like, he has a simple video of how to safety wire. Yeah. How to, how to do safety wire. You know, before watching that video, I didn't know that it was that easy. You know, that you can just easily do that. Oh, when he actually drills the bolt himself? Yeah, when you drill the yeah. bolt yourself and you just, you know, and, and you do it. like, And you think to yourself, you're like, damn, why didn't I think of that? I could just do all this and, and you know, prevent. And then there's people like me who are fucking impatient. And I like, <laughs> no. I, I, that's probably why this car has gotten so far. And a lot of things are kind of not as good quality as they could be. And they'll have to get redone. Yeah. But, you know what I mean? I'm, like, super impatient. I want to get the car done. And hopefully I want to drive it in the next couple weeks. Well, hey, you know, getting seat time is the number one thing. So, uh, you need to compete at round one? Have you decided? Or are you still on the fence? Uh, We'll see. Uh, You know, if I can manage. Are you at least for sure going to do Horse Thief? I'm doing round two for sure. Can you please do the fucking last round, though? Because you skipped that on it twice. I'll try. Don't be a I'll bitch. try to do round three. <laughs> it's just a little wall. Just I know, touch right? it. Okay. I'm Let's just talk to it. <laughs> do whatever yeah. you guys do. Are you, do you not like walls? Uh, I'm kind of intimidated by walls. Really? Yeah. It's, it's my, just like I bet last year didn't help. Well. <laughs> it's it's one of those things that like I spent two years and every dollar that I had on this car yeah and one of my biggest fears is just seeing it to ride it off away i you know what i think if you're not i I, that's one thing i've always disagreed with you on if you're not Mm -hmm. willing to write that car off in a moment's notice (laughs) i mean yeah i mean i understand yeah we're drifting this is kind of this but i also get the conservative i also get the conservative part to be like well if i know i'm gonna write it off i'm not gonna you know yeah so and and, and my whole thing is i want to be a better driver 
before I start. Yeah, but know. if you're not gonna get to be a better driver if you don't push yourself this into is a true. wall. That is very true. Hard. So like I mean that's kinda why like if you You look, got two other chassis in your backyard. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't break too much, you could probably uh build a cage. Um but let's see. Do you see the layout for the drift league? Oh yeah. Yeah, it's if it's, any of you guys uh, have seen it, it's uh I'm not a fan. I thought I think it looks dumb. And uh I I wrote that on there. I didn't say stupid, I was like not a fan, let's see how this goes. Sometimes um, they'll change it. Like, they'll, they, I like, mean, they might see the if, if drivers are struggling, they'll they'll kind of change it to make it But that's it only, the only problem I don't really like that is you're not going to get as much of a consistent run. I'd rather them just stick to a layout. Mm-hmm. It's, so, it's, because FD's not going to change the fucking track for us. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. They're trying to do Atlanta, Road Atlanta. Yeah, but you know what I didn't... In a... Uh, the two things I don't like about it, real quick. So, it's they want you to initiate halfway through the the big bank already so that means mm-hmm. that they're going to start you later so you're going to be flooring it into the wall and i'm already fucking having i'm, mo- I'm more worried about that big ass wall you know it'd be and then, super sick uh, is if they do an orlando layout they should do orlando I do agree. the you know do the bank the back the opposite way the opposite way and then come down in the middle i, I want them to do the same i thing. think that would really that would be sick but i don't know if the Irwindale layout would allow no they do they would? Yeah. That would be pretty sick. Yeah, I thought the same thing. Um, the reason we didn't do it last year was because um, it was kind of, you know, it's inaugural season. And they were mm-hmm. like, uh, Kevin Wells chimed in. And was He's like, why don't you guys just have them do it on the opposite side? This way their driver door isn't facing the wall. So if they mm-hmm. do end up in the wall, you know, it could be like less, you know, harmful in, yeah. to the driver. That's true. But, I, I, you know, really... I didn't really see it mattering, but then mm-hmm. we're only doing left turns on the big bank. I kind of want to do both. Well, right. well, here's the thing. I mean, I don't like it. I don't, but I'm gonna. Well, do I it. mean, I'm the still thing gonna do is, it because I I need to challenge myself as a driver, and I still haven't driven this fucking car. Yeah. So, and the way things are going right now financially, that might be the first round. Mm-hmm. That might be the that might be my test day. I might get one to stay in, like, at Adams for a couple laps, but that might be it, dude. Yeah. So, who knows? Just know that this thing is going to drive completely different. I know. And uh, now... And I don't know if it's for better or for worse. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. Now that you kind of, you know, you you have some driving experience from the E46, you know, moving into this chassis, it might actually be easier because the transitions will be slower. Yeah. Uh, banks will be so much easier in a car like this than if you have a, a shorter wheelbase where it's harder to keep a shorter wheelbase sideways. No. I, I don't know. Who knows? It, but yeah. Well, we're going to find the fuck out. So, yeah, you just got to get in the car and see. But. All right. Cool. Well, thank you for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I would it was, say uh, Instagram questions, but I didn't even post about it. So <laughs> those, uh, those questions, I'm getting over. Yeah. Posting. Actually, I'm not over them. Uh, I have a tendency to forget to fucking read them. <laughs> well, look, if you guys have any questions, uh, just uh, message me on uh, Instagram. Uh, Andrew for real. So it's Andrew, the number four, and then real with two E's. So, uh, and then I'll, I right. try to... I try to do my best to answer every question that I get, so. 
Do you really? Yeah. Do you ignore any of them ever? No, actually, I answer every single one. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, some some of them are a little, you know, not well uh, written. If someone asked me what do but, I need uh, for a uh, <laughs> fucking uh, LS swap, this car or that car, I will. Have you seen ever used that? The only thing is, don't ask me how much it costs. That's the only thing. I'm like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> But nice. thank you, thank you for uh, having me on the show tonight. I think the best way to see how much it costs is figure out all the shit you want, find it as cheap as possible, make a list of how much it's all, add all that up, mm-hmm. and then add like fifteen hundred dollars of shit you didn't think you were gonna need. Probably three thousand dollars. Probably. Let's call it fifteen hundred yeah. bucks on the low end. Yeah. No. It, here's the thing. Whatever budget that you put aside, double it. It's, it's just it's that simple whatever budget that you think that how much is going to cost double it because if here's the thing if you think like oh everything's going to go smoothly it won't you're gonna you know there's no such thing as a project car that goes 100 percent smoothly no and even shops like even like professional shops that build cars they still struggle with a lot of problems that we struggle with even and so yeah just it's, it's gonna happen in your garage you're gonna happen in the shop exactly like that fucking brake leak that's exactly it. it's it's like there's a lot of things you can you know you could be like working on something and you break something yeah you, you break something that you didn't expect to um for example like when you're putting the motor back together and then you know the oh the, 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 the head the head the head <laughs> yeah. you know it's, it's those are unexpected when when we were building my car that's a 300 dollars fix yeah, when we were building my car, I broke the crank pulley bolt. I had to go get it. I had to take the car to a machine shop, and they had to somehow pull it out and put a bolt. And we had to, uh, and we had to like retap it, and that was like two hundred bucks. And so it's like so many unexpected uh, expenses that you have to account for. Yeah. So, or else you could put yourself in a hole that, and you know, until it's like too late. Yeah. But, hey, Colombo, say hi. My dog came in the garage where we're recording. But, all right, man. Hey, thank you. Well, hey. Uh, I'm going to end it here. Where can people reach you? Do you want to thank any of your sponsors, or do you not like them enough? <laughs> oh, well, you already said Andrew for real at Instagram. Yeah. So. Um, you want? And then everyone just you know DM and ask them how much it costs. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, look. Here's the thing. If anybody, in regards to sponsorship, uh, it's it's one of those things that. Sponsorship takes time. You know, I have some 20-some sponsors. And I've sent hundreds of proposals. So you kind of have to put that in consideration. You can't just send one proposal and they say, oh, no, thank you. And then you just kind of be like, oh, crap, okay, whatever, I'm done. No, it's it, you have to be very determined in getting, you know, in getting these uh, sponsorships. It's it, it definitely takes a lot of dedication and commitment you know to get ever to get to start working with some of these companies but you know once you get a shoe in with these companies uh 
all you have to do is just not piss them off. <laughs> just make them happy. And that's and that's the best thing you can do to to you know, to maintain a relationship with them. Um you guys have to understand that companies don't really do full sponsorship much anymore. You know, very few companies actually give you stuff for free unless you have something to offer them. You know, the number one thing that these people want to hear is ROI, uh, return on investment. And if you can't, if you have a hundred followers on Instagram, they're not going to sponsor you. You know what I mean? It's like, I see people, they're like, I have a piece of shit car with like 50 sponsors or 50, uh, um, 50 Instagram followers and say, Hey, give me a free part. They're like, yeah, no buddy. We're not going to do that. You know, it's like, you have to, you kind of have to put yourself in perspective. It's like, look, I, I have a, I have $5,000 to spend on my marketing budget, right? Who am I going to give it to, right? Am I going to give it to the guy with 50, 50 followers or every guy give it to a guy with 5,000 or 500,000 or whatever, you know? And so, you, you know, That's it's a like, factor, but the, you still have people who just want to work with you because you have a good relationship with them. Exactly. And you know. I think where this sport's going to go, I think the first big sponsorship is going to be not what you know, mm-hmm. who you know. I think exactly. that's going to come. You know, it's it's one of those things that that's kind of where networking comes in. You know, it's it's I I you get a shoe in by you know, I talk to some random guy and all of a sudden he turns, "Hey, I'm a CEO of so and so company." And you're like, "What?" <laughs> you know, and and then you just build a relationship. Yeah. So so you can't you know, you can't really look, you have to talk to everybody and and kind of that's one of my biggest um yeah faults because i mm-hmm. don't like talking to people and i know yeah. this like i said before like this podcast is a you know contradicts what i just said yeah you know because i talk to nor- you know people i don't know yeah all the time and that's probably one of my biggest setbacks mm-hmm. um or yeah one of the biggest and again my shitty personality doesn't help so <laughs> so it's just uh you gotta be willing to make changes so it's just look you just gotta be open you know have have that kind of like a welcoming personality i guess and uh just talk to people kind of just present yourself you know one guy told me present yourself as to who you want to be not to who you are and you know that's a fuck see (laughs) what that's so true yeah, it's like, you know, it's it's you want to you want to prove to them your worth. You know, you you want to you know, you want to have a company come on board, but not only do you want to just you want to show them that they made the right decision by working with you. You got to if if that's something you really want, you got to see how yourself as the future of look at what Von Gittin Jr is doing Von Gittin Jr is doing look at what ryan turk is doing Mm -hmm. like they're in front of a camera talking about a product can you do that do you want to do that are you going to be comfortable doing that and and for me mm -hmm. i know i'm not going to be comfortable doing it yeah i mean i'm not comfortable in front of a camera but it's it's one of those things we have to practice we have to get better at it and then a prime example is michael essa Mm Oh yeah, no, that that he is like the best example of what not to do. No, 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 no. no. I, I really respect it because okay. he's 
you don't see him on camera all the time. Nope. He will talk like a little. You, you see him upload some videos. And yeah. It's not as much as the other guys, but you know he still has a successful well, program. Well, here's the thing. Mike has a very successful program. Like I will say, w one thing that really he has a successful program, but he doesn't. He's not as active in front of the camera like other writers. No, Roger he's not. Like or, his social media is not very like live. It's not, it's, yeah, he it's he not, doesn't really post so too much yeah, on social stuff media. Yeah, like that. Like you see Ryan Turk posting, mm -hmm. "Hey guys, you know, like, mm -hmm. we're working with Gum Out or you know whatever." Yeah, yeah. And you know, I mean, no, he does. Like when you see him when he records yeah. the videos, he does great. They're, no, exactly. they're they're good. Like he knows how to talk to the camera. He doesn't do it as much. But you know, like so so when he when he does it, like you don't see him on the camera as much as as other drivers do. Gr uh, correct. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, that is that is definitely uh, one thing. Like you know, I'll tell you, Jeff Jones and uh, Kyle Mohan, they're working with uh, Wisdom, and they kind of have their own little uh, media thing going on, and that really helped both of them. I feel that really kind of helped both of them, like be comfortable in front of the camera, uh, get. And for people to see what kind of stuff they're going with, going yeah. through, you know, same thing with uh, frenemies with Odie and. Uh, yeah, but they talk in front of the camera. They talk like in front that. of the like, camera. You know, yeah. Be cool. Yeah. And then, like one th one time, I, when I crashed my car, mm -hmm. and Wisdom was gonna put a video together mm -hmm. for me, they're like, "Hey, can you do this?" And I was like, "Ah, I yeah, can't. I don't want, I don't want to talk in front of the camera." <laughs> yeah. No, I said that because it's like yeah. I'm not an actor. I'm not, that's yeah. not what I'm trying to do. Yeah. For me, I'm shy in front of the camera. That's one of my biggest issues. Like, like uh, if you want to get something candid and real, I'm mm -hmm. totally cool with that. Yeah. If you're gonna come up to me like with a camera and just ask me a random question, yeah, I'll answer. But it's not be like, "Hey, we're gonna do this," because then I, I feel like I'm. Uh, I'm trying to perform. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's yeah. just like, I'm not, that's not what well, I want. I mean, and that, that here's the thing. This is tremendously. Here's the thing. This is actually part of, is becoming part of being, this is part of being a driver is media, being in front of a camera, you know, doing interviews, talking. Part of being a professional driver. Part of being a professional driver. But there's a lot of, there's so many other people who aren't doing it as much. And it's like, like I'm okay if someone was like, "Hey, we're gonna do an interview. And we're gonna like they go over a couple things with me, and like that, that, I'm okay with that." But if they ask me like, "Hey, can you do this?" I'm gonna be like, mm -hmm. "No, I, I can't. Like, it's not authentic. It's not." Yeah, gonna, I mean, like, I'm well, not an actor. Like, yeah, that is true. I mean, look, if you look at like the F1 drivers, these guys they know how to talk in front of a camera. Uh, but you know, to 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 those of you that are trying to work on your program, is work on knowing how to talk in front of a camera don't be shy you know being able to being comfortable and posting up content and you know videos and stuff where you're talking into the camera in front of the camera so on and so forth that really will give you an advantage over a lot of other people again man thank you for coming on this show of course man thank you for having me but uh you have a good night sir all right all right